Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and many other podcasts that I can't name right now, because <laughs> I would be listing them for five minutes. <laughs> well, you know that in June, I kicked off the you know, summer movies that I wanted to do with my girl. And I'm like, you know what? After that sad one, I want to do a fun, happy one. And this one couldn't come at a greater time. It's a goofy movie. I love this movie. I never saw it in the theater, but I did see it on VHS. My aunt, my Aunt Debbie, was the one who usually got... All the Disney VHSs. I mean, I got some of them, but I only got movies on my birthday and Christmas. So I had to be really selective about what I wanted. So Goofy Movie came out in the spring. It was released on April 7th, 1995. It grossed $35,348,597. I'll read the synopsis courtesy of IMDb. Written by Kenneth Crisholm. When Max makes a preposterous promise to a girl he has a crush on, his chances to fulfilling it seem hopeless when he's dragged onto a cross-country trip with his embarrassing father, Goofy. This movie has a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb based on 41,123 ratings. I'm surprised this isn't higher. And you can get it on Amazon Prime for $2.99. Let's look at the cast list. We have Bill Farmer as Goofy. We have Jason Marsden as Max Goof. Uh, If you are a Full House fanatic like myself, you will know that Jason Marsden played Nelson on the season 8 of Full House. Um, His character came back in Fuller House. However, Jason Marsden did not reappear in reprise role. He... Nelson was then played by Hale Sparks. I know him from the TV show Queer as Folk. Uh, Jim Cummings plays Pete. Kelly Martin plays Ro- does the voice of Roxanne. PJ Pete is done by Rob Paulson. We got Wallace Shawn as Principal Mazer. <laughs> Jenna Von Oy plays Stacy. That's Roxanne's friend with the glasses. The one who's throwing the big... Party for the Powerlane concert. Frank Welker, this man, let's look at how many credits this man has because he's got a bazillion credits. Oh, he's only got 842? Why did I think it was more than that? I must be thinking of that. Okay, uh, Florence Stanley plays the waitress. I think she played on um as the judge on my two dads i think oh she passed away in 2003 was she in my two dads oh she was in mad about you which also had paul riser and i've never seen mad about you joey lawrence played someone named chad oh i bet he's the guy in the audience that's trying to when max is getting ready to go on stage to perform as powerline He's probably the guy that's trying to hit on Roxanne. Like, hey, so, about Stacy's party. Pat Buttram, Possum Park guy who works there. 
This guy voiced a lot of Disney characters. A lot. Oh, he passed away in 94. He played Chief in the Aristocrat. <laughs> and in the Fox and the Hound. And he played Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood. He played Napoleon in the Aristocats. Uh, he was in Rugrats. He played Eddie. He was in Garfield and Friends. He was Who's the Boss? Tiny Toons. Love that show. He was in a lot. Of, you guys, he has such a distinctive voice that you would not miss it. You wouldn't. There's no way for you not to hear it. All right, let's move on from the cast list. We got director Kevin Lima, writers Jim J Y M N Jim, Megan story. Chris Matheson screenplay, Brian Pimentel screenplay. Curtis Armstrong, additional written material. John Doolittle, additional written material. Alright, first up, let's get into this trivia. Although Jason Marsden is a talented singer, he did not perform the musical numbers in the film. It was out of Disney's concern that a Broadway-style musical actor should provide Max's singing voice instead. That actor was Aaron Lohr, L-O-H-R, a personal close friend of Jason's. However, 20 years later, at the 2015 D23 Expo during a panel celebrating the film's 20th anniversary, this was rectified when Jason Marsden and Bill Farmer sang a duet of On the Open Road together without any prior rehearsing. Really? Cool. The character Powerline is a mixture of Bobby Brown, Prince, and Michael Jackson. Only one of those guys is still alive, I believe. When Max is singing in the school auditorium, Roxanne's position changes from close to the stage to the back of the room. The reason the filmmakers did this was to give the illusion that all Max cares about is Roxanne and no one else. Donald Duck originally had a larger role where he played a travel agent. Goofy asks, what do you think I should do? Donald responds incoherently. Goofy responds, what did you say? Is there someone else I can talk to? Oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds, uh, not so much offensive. Well, it almost, well, but then again, sometimes if you can't understand someone and you need to know certain information, will you ask to speak to somebody else? Goofy's car is an AMC Pacer. The costume worn by Powerline is a parody of the yellow hazmat costumes worn by Devo circa 1977-78. Hidden Mickey. During the Powerline concert, Mickey Mouse can be spotted in the crowd in the lower left portion of the crowd shot immediately after the stage manager is thrown into the Diamond Vision screen. Also, Mickey Mouse can be spotted during the show in the auditorium when Max flies towards Roxanne in the left bottom corner, right after the camera focuses the whole room. Also on the roadside with... I remember the roadside with Donald Duck. The other two, I might have to keep an eyeball for. PJ's initials stand for Pete Jr. Of course they do. The traveling pair who sing about the weekend of rest and relaxation during the song On the Open Road. She is the Powerline singer Goofy bursts in on during the 121 at the end of the movie. And if you pay attention, you will see the driver of her car's picture on her mirror. The driver is also seen unfolding Max and Goofy in the instrument cases at the Powerline concert. This film marks the only time that Star Trek 1966 has ever been directed directly referenced in a Disney film. The first scene that Jason Marsden, Max, and Bill Farmer Goofy recorded together was the argument during the runaway car near the end of the movie. Wow. 
This film was originally made around the late 1993 and was supposed to be released in theaters during the holiday season of 1994. However, some production problems in France caused the film's release to be pushed back to 1995, while The Lion King 1994 was reissued to fill in for the film's absence. Well, Lion King did so great, of course, re-release it. Did I see the Lion King when they re-released it for, like, the 20th anniversary edition? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, 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 I swear I might have, but I can't remember now, and I feel bad. The original USA, USA VHS release had Parachute Express's music video, Dr. Looney's Remedy, included before the film. Burger King released five toys featuring Goofy and Max to promote the film in the USA in 95. They were of, <clears throat> excuse me, Goofy and Max on a raft, Goofy and Max on water skis, Goofy on a bucking bronco, Goofy and Max in a fishing boat, Goofy and Max in the runaway car. This toy comes in, came in two versions, a version with a red and black car and a version with a yellow and blue car. <laughs> Rob Paulson, voice of PJ, has admitted several times in interviews that he has never seen this film in its entirety. On August 14th, 2015, a 20th anniversary reunion for the film occurred at the D23 Expo of the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California. Those in attendance included Bill Farmer, Jason Marsden, Jim Cummings, Rob Paulson, John, Jenna Van Oy, Tevin Campbell, producer John Han, Wallace Shawn, Polly Shore, director Kevin Lima has also sent video messages. The panel included musical performances from Bill Farmer, Jason Marsden, and Tevin Campbell. Tevin Campbell, I believe, does the voice of Powerline. The inspiration for the film came from Jeffrey Katzenberg, the CEO of the Walt Disney Company at the time, who was feeling distant from his daughter. He decided to go on a road trip with her that brought the two closer together. Throughout the film, Goofy is only referred to by his real name once, by Pete, when they meet at the latter's trailer. Otherwise, he's referred to as Dad, by Max, Mr. Goof, by Max's principal, or just Goof, by Pete. The character of Principal Mazer, voiced by Wallace Shawn, is based loosely on screenwriter Jim J Y M N Mega. I'm mispronounce his name. Oh, his own high school principal of the same name. There are several references to Disney characters, including Max saying Goofy's best friend, best buddy is Donald Duck, and a cardboard prop with Ariel from The Little Mermaid, 1989. After Max gets busted. This was Pat Buttram's final film. He helps run the Possum Park. During the song On the Open Road, Goofy's keychain has the famous Walt Disney logo D on it. During the song On the Open Road, a limousine drives by and a character wearing a sequined white glove, supposedly Michael Jackson, is seen waving from the sunroof. Lester's Possum Pals show that Goofy drags Max in his two is a parody of G- Disney's own Country Bear Jamboree attraction at various Disney theme parks. Okay, guys, I'm going to stop here with the trivia because there's trivia that goes on for days and days and days. Um, and I probably already bored you to death with what I've already given you. I apologize. Um, maybe I'll read more at the end. I don't know. <laughs> the same with the goofs. There's just, there's so, so many. I, it, it could go on for days. So I want to get into the movie finally, because you guys are like, yes, let's go, the movie. We want to hear about Max and, and Goofy and the road trip and Roxanne and Powerline and all that fun stuff. 
I wish I had my Powerline shirt. I should wear it, but uh, I'll wear it later. I am not getting this this review done today. The movie's 78 minutes long, which is shorter than a 90-minute movie, but, like, yeah. <laughs> so the movie starts with a sky blue scene, and we see a goofy movie pop up with Goofy's famous scream. We're on, we're in a wheat field with clouds in the sky here. We see Max front and center. He is wearing a white hoodie. We hear someone going, Max, Max. And we see Max shielding his eyes. We see Roxanne up on this tall pedestal wearing a white dress. And I'm guessing, doesn't white symbolize purity? So this is... A Disney version of a Max fantasy dream of his crush, Roxanne. And it was typical in the 90s. I think the chokers must have been a thing in the 90s because she's wearing a choker with her white dress. Hey, this is how Twilight started. In someone's dream, we have Max and Roxanne rolling on the grass, just laying next to each other, gazing into each other's eyes. She's got, Roxanne's got a big flower in her hair. Roxanne is a redhead. Max, of course, is a typical, he looks like a teenage version of Goofy. And Roxanne leans in to kiss Max, but immediately she pulls back in fear. And this goes from a fantasy dream into a nightmare. And you can tell it's a nightmare because that scene of the wonderful, beautiful grass looks like they're in the elephant graveyard from The Lion King because you get all these vines and branches that have thorns on them and you hear thunder in the background. And you get a look at Max. His teeth are so giantly big. They're like six inches to 12 inches out of his mouth. And he has no idea what's going on. He can't tell. He's just looking at Roxanne like, what? What? Is something wrong? Do I have something on my face? He asks, what's wrong? And his voice is like, what's wrong? And he's he's looking down like, what are these protruding out of my mouth? And he feels them like, oh, 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 oh. And his ears, which were not that long, shoot down past his chin. To the point of where they're the length of his arms. He's like really growing. His body is just growing in different, you know, his, his fingers are all popping. His feet are popping out of his shoes. Shoes explode off his feet. His body shoots up. And all of a sudden, it's like he is turned into Goofy. And then like the werewolf in a horror film, you hear that. I can't do a Goofy. Or, I, I, I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. And Max wakes up from the stream like, <gasps> That dream is nothing. You want to talk about a scary dream? I've had scary dreams where I'm trying to get out of some place. That I'm, like, trying to get through, like, a tight window or something and someone's after me. Those dreams scare the crap out of me. The dream where you feel like you're trying to get away from someone, and even though you feel like you have, you turn around and that person is like practically right on you. So Max wakes up and he's feeling his face and he's touching his teeth like, okay, good, my teeth are still in my mouth. They're not protruding like 6 to 12 inches below my chin. 
Luckily, he, and he's like, oh, good, it was just a dream. And he's wearing tidy whiteies and no shirt. Hey, Max has a Mickey Mouse phone. And he's got a picture of Powerline taped up just to the left of his bedpost. So he grabs the phone. It's PJ asking where Max is. Like, where are you? You're supposed to be here. An hour ago? You were an hour late for school. Oh, and mind you, it's the last day of school. So, I mean, they're not going to dock you. I mean, seriously, it's the last day of school. You're not going to be doing anything. What do you do the last day of school? You clean out your locker. You hang out. Maybe you watch some movies. Those teachers are done. It's basically a free day. It's like, you're not going to learn it. What are you going to learn? It's the last day of school. It's a party. I remember on the bus ride home, the bus driver would always get us like popsicles or ice cream sandwiches or something. And the kids would always chant that song, no more teachers, no more books, no more, wait, no more pencils, no more books, no more teachers, dirty looks. This clock says 402, and it's one of those clocks, it's not a digital one, it's the one that has the, um, the little flaps that kind of, you know, turn like the old-fashioned type of clock. I had something like this. My, my grandma got me from a garage sale, um, one time when they had that Miranda, um, field day thing at the, uh, youth fair when I was, like, 10, I didn't win, and that was my consolation prize. Like, Grandma, like, picked up this old clock radio for me from a garage sale. Like, here you go. Like, yeah, okay. So Max has to, like, pound on it to be able to get the time. 7.50. He was supposed to be there at 6.50 because, of course, there's, you know, they got a thing. They got something planned. There's a key on his nightstand. There's some change. There's also what looks like... A stick of, um, a little, uh, five-pack of gum. So, of course, you know, PJ is like, hey, look, let's just call this off. As Max is, like, up, he's still got the phone in his hand. He's running around. He's got his tidy whities on. He's trying to get his big old baggy pants on. Because that was the thing. Oh, his bedspread comforter has red and white squares on it. Before, when he woke up, it looked like they were black and white. But now the sun is starting to peek through his windows. He's got on his wall a giant picture of this bodybuilder. How long is that phone cord? Because he's trying to hike his pants up. His baggy, baggy jeans. Oh, he's also got a camera there with a really nice lens on it. And Max, PJ's like, hey, let's call it off. And Max is like, no, it's now or never. I have to do this. And at this point, we don't know what this is. So, like I said, PJ wants to call this off. Max says, no. It's now or never. PJ's like, fine, I will meet you at my locker. And Max's pants keep falling down because, you know, that was the thing. We're in the baggy pants. And it's like, get a belt, bud. So, Goofy comes in. He's fresh out of the shower. He's got his a towel wrapped around his head and just under his armpits covering his chest, which is kind of funny being the fact that Max woke up in his tidy whiteies. He's got no shame. As soon as he gets off the phone, his pants fall down. And of course, Gooby does not knock. Max is 14. He's a teenager. He's like, morning, son! And of course, Max is like, dad! As he pulls his pants up. Like, come on! Knock first, please! Max has got a big power line 
poster. He's got a red guitar. He's got another. He's got a lot. He's got like three giant power. One power line poster, which takes up like floor to ceiling wall space there. Wow. He is like obsessed. Knows all the moves, the power line, all the lyrics, all of it. He's got, he's got on his door what looks like it's a yellow circle with like three um, triangles pointing down. I'm not sure. Like, does that mean like don't enter toxic waste or something? And of course, Scooby's like, whoops, I forgot. As he closes the door and he knocks. So clearly Max said, dad, look, it's cool. You want to come up to my room? Can you please knock and not just enter? Max has also got a a dartboard on the back of his door. And of course, Goofy's doing laundry. He's like, hey, I came up here to see if you had any dirty, uh... And Max's like, yeah, Dad, sure, you want to wash my clothes? That's awesome. There you go. Take your pick. Whatever you want. Goofy's like, Max, we talked about this. He's starting to give him a lecture about you need to keep your room clean. You know the whole thing of, I won't go in your room unless you keep it clean. If you keep it clean, I will stay out. Max has got such a large room. It, like, takes up probably the entire, like, half of the upstairs. That looks, like, as big as Jesse and Becky's uh, um, attic apartment from Full House is that big. So, Goofy's got the vacuum, and he starts sucking stuff up with it. Just whatever... There is a pair of scissors on the floor, there's a pencil, there's a ruler, there's what looks like maybe a slice of pepperoni pizza, a banana peel, all of that, and of course, Max is running late, Gooby volunteers, like, I can drive you on my way to work, <clears throat> Max is like, no, 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 I, I gotta go, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. And, of course, one of the things that the vacuum starts to suck up is this cardboard cutout of power line. And Max luckily saves it from getting sucked up in the vacuum. He's like, oh, Dad, you ruined it. And Max, or Goofy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Who is he anyway? And, of course, Max just rolls his eyes like, Dad, seriously, it's power line, like the biggest rock star on the planet. Like, back in the day when, I mean, I was big on Hanson and everything like that. You know, Backstreet Boys were out, NSYNC. And the parents, of course, are all like, well, who are they? Just another boy band? Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't know Madonna. I can't believe you don't know Boy George or Michael Jackson or Prince. I love how Max just glowers at his dad when explaining who Powerline is. Like, really? You should know this. If you know me at all, which you should, you should know I'm obsessed with Powerline. Xavier Kuget, the Mambo King, is who Goofy's all about. Everybody Mambo as Goofy gets into it and he's swinging Max around. Like, seriously, the neighbors don't do this right now. I have to go. Bye. Goofy is still in a towel and a head wrap as he hands Max like, Oh, Maxie, you almost forgot your lunch. Kissy, kissy. And of course we got kids that are on skateboards. Like, <laughs> look at you. You suck. <laughs> your parent loves you. <laughs> so now we get into the song after today. So yeah, basically the song is just Max is saying he's been laughed at since he came out of the womb, it seems like. <laughs> 
everyone's like calling him a goof because he's you know related to Goofy and everything. Like they don't take him seriously, and just this plan that he's got. Like after today, this girl I've had a crush on is finally gonna see that I exist. She's finally gonna notice me, and everyone, all the other kids are just excited. It's the last day of school. We don't want to take any more algebra tests. So one guy's like, no more having to cheat, and he lifts his arm. He's got all the answers written on his arm, and this one kid grabs Max's lunch. Like, no no more mystery meat. We got guys hiding behind trees that are, like, flinging jockstraps at Max's face. Ew. They're flinging them like they're slingshots. This girl that's dressed like a backup dancer on like in living color or something, one of the fly girls, punches Max in the arm. He's like, ow. And we got twin girls talking about no more home economics. We got the twin guys who are hanging above this umbrella. Yeah, the Star Wars guy is like, alright, up with the comics. We're going to spend all this time reading comic books. And they're the typical nerdy types with the glasses, the zits, the braces. This comic they hold up is called Weird Planet. It has a spaceship that says, oh no, just add water, see people, only one dollar. Do you need extra money? Twenty dollars is yours. And then we got some... I think it's like duck sale. Oh, is that Duckburg? Oh my gosh! Duck Sales Company. What well, looks like maybe Duckburg. So Roxanne walks past Max, who's standing in front of the records store. He like lightly waves at her, and she is not. She's like looking straight ahead. She's not even seeing that he's there. Not even in her peripheral vision. And he's like, oh, she looked right through me, buddy. She's not even looking. She's looking straight ahead, like she's got blinders on. So she went to the record store with, I think, Stacy. It's like, who could blame her that she wasn't looking at you because she was had her mind focused on going into the record store? Oh, maybe she didn't because we got Stacy's other friend, and they're like Goo Goo Gaga power line cardboard cutout. We got the cheer team on the bus. We got the goth girls. Like, no more pep rallies. I never liked the pep rallies at high school. I didn't support my teams. I didn't care about football, baseball, basketball, soccer, golf, whatever. I didn't care. Or track. I was just like, uh, uh, yeah, go team. This sucks. When are we out of here? This bus driver just is like, he looks like he's ready to melt. Like, ugh, I'm gonna sit on my butt all summer and watch TV and eat SpaghettiOs. At this, <laughs> this gym teacher who's like ordering these girls around to do like, you know, do like the jumping jacks. And we got this poor, such fat shaming back in 1995. This poor girl, it's probably like 95 degrees outside. And she is just on the floor, on the ground. Like, I can't anymore. I just can't. Boo. She passes out. That is not good. Get that girl some Gatorade, some Powerade, what have you. Yeah, kids that are graduating just that day right in front of the school. No real ceremony, just like, oh, there go the caps. We've graduated, we're moving on. The last day of school. All right, it is 9 a.m. Max, you are apparently not late because the bell just rung. And he's like standing at the top of the bleachers. Makes me think of uh, summer nights of Greece when they're all like singing about Sandy, Sandy and Danny, 
are singing about their summertime, summer night sessions at the beach. Staying out past 10 o'clock. And he's not, he's wearing the baggy pants. He's not watching where he's going. You like, there's a railing there. You need to hold it. I would trip and smash my face on those bleachers. Because that's just me. That's, I'm a clumsy oaf. Yeah, he, he eats dirt there when he hits that. Like, and Roxanne happens to be right there and she helps him up. And he's like, duh, she's asking me a question. She's asking me if I'm all right, duh. Oh, yeah, all the guys are laughing at him. The guy with the football, the guy who asks Stacy out later or tries to are just like, look at you, you dork. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. But then he looks at who asked him that question, and he is completely tongue-tied. And even she is a little shy. He's like, and he's like, and he covers his mouth almost like he, it's almost like, oh, I just said a bad word in front of you or something like that. No, he's just really embarrassed. Like, I didn't mean for that to come out. I want to get excited. And she's just like, oh, God, I'm such an idiot. And he runs away from her, hits a trash can, and she's left feeling like, dang, was it me? Did I do something? I mean, I just asked if he was okay. And she looks at him like, what? Are you okay? Almost like, what's wrong? He's covering his face like he just, like, let out a monster belch after he ate, like, Taco Bell or something. Oh, I see Stacy standing off to the way in the back, like, talking to some, uh, girl there. Who's got their books? It's the last day of school. Come on, you don't need your- What? You're not gonna learn anything on the last day of school. Oh, Max is berating himself while he walks down the hall, like, Oh, I can't believe it. She finally talks to me. It's just- I mess it up. Like, oh, yuck. Like, I'm such a spaz. As he, like, leans against the locker while... And they got the lockers that you got some on the top and some on the bottom. My locker actually was just one tall locker. And it's not like you got a new locker every year. You got one locker and it's there until you graduate for the ne- in four years. And I barely even used my locker. I remember going there just before freshman year. So, you know, when I got my schedule, my grandma's like, well, let's take you down there so you can find your way around. And that way you know what, you know where your classes are and everything. Which all my classes were in one area. And my locker was clear across the other side of the school. That's why I never used it. Not to mention, at that point, you could actually have your bag in class with you and your coat. That kind of changed, though, after um, what happened with Columbine. They did not want coats in class. They did not want bags in class. You kept them in your locker, which sucked because it was always so cold. I remember that day finding my locker, opening it, and then putting up a pinup of Hanson in it. I actually used the babysitter club method um, in the book Logan, or, uh, Logan Likes Marianne. Where Marianne used, like, some bubblegum. Trust me, when I had to chisel that crap out of my locker come senior year, it's like, oh, what was I thinking? (laughs) So, Max is all like, I'm sorry, PJ, look, I, because PJ's like, where have you been? What were you, uh, we were going to do this, but now it's like we got next to no time. And Max is like, hey, you got that camera? You said you were going to get it. 
And PJ's like, oh man, if my dad finds out, he's gonna kill me. He's gonna, like, nuke my entire existence. He's like, really? PJ has always been the one that has always been hesitant to go along with Max's plans, which is understandable. Max, I mean, if you guys have seen Goof Troop, you know Max is the one that comes up with all these zany plans. And, of course, PJ being the good friend is always going to follow along with whatever Max does. He's always going to try to be the voice of reason. Like, I don't think we should do this, Max. So, yeah, this camera's going to come into play with what... Max wants to do. It's like, this is the last day of school. I want her to notice me. So that, you know, wait, you know, they'll have like the next eight weeks to like hang out and get to know each other and stuff before school starts in September. I remember my last day of seventh grade. I had a crush on a guy. I had a crush on him all year long. Didn't notice me. And I wrote a note to him. And we were, it was the last day of school. We were walking out towards the bus and I managed to get right behind him. And I was, like, trying to hand the note to him. He's like, what is this? Like, what are you trying to give me? And, like, and I just take the note back and I just walk off, like, ugh. I did end up having a science class with him the next year. And we ended up sitting together. And turns out the guy was a kind of a jerk. Or he was just a jerk to me, so. Alright, we get the appearance of Bobby, voiced by Polly Shore. He is drinking with a straw. Out of the drinking fountain. And he's got one of those carts that you would see in the 90s when the teacher would roll in. The TV cart with the VCR. Like, hey, put down your pencils. We're going to chill today. It's going to be a fun day. We're going to watch a movie. Which, when you guys heard that cart coming, you're like, yes! We don't have to we put our pencils down. Don't got to work on worksheets or anything. We are watching a movie. I remember the film strips when the teacher would pull down that big uh, projection screen. Yeah. And in this movie, Bobby's got the red mohawk. He's a ginger. And in the sequel, they shave him bald. He's, like, got no hair. Except for the peach fuzz growing on his head. So, of course, Max starts wheeling the cart back towards him. Like, oh, this is going to be so great, Peach. And, of course... Bobby's like, oh, hey, need fundage, bro. And Max is like, oh, yeah, right, your payment. Here you go. As he pulls out of a brown paper bag a can of Cheese Whiz. Like, yes. And he's like, oh, Cheddar Wizard. As he sprays it into his mouth. And we get a look of disgust from Max and PJ. Like, ugh. Gross. Max, or... PJ looks like he's gonna full-on vomit. That just, I mean, I'm not making a fat joke about PJ, but it's just like, PJ likes to eat too, so why wouldn't he be into the... Maybe it's like, no, it's spray cheese. You gotta have something to put it on. I've never actually used a can of spray cheese before. I see them in the store on the shelves. And I think that would be cool to have that. I just gotta find some crackers to pour that stuff on. Maybe I have used I can't remember. Maybe I haven't. I love how Bobby grabs Max and PJ. Hey, let's do it, ladies! <laughs> so, yeah, they're gonna set that plan in motion. We got Roxanne's friend Stacy, who is the student body president. And she's just saying, hey, I wanna say congratulations. We had a really great super year. Really neat. 
Of course, we got the uh, Star Trek nerd is like, hey, Stacy, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. <laughs> and she just is like, her eyes are like slits. And she's like, you gotta be kidding me. This, even if this weren't the last day of school, you guys have, you've been in school, you know how these auditoriums are. You know that kids are rowdy. You're gonna act up. You're like, you're not in class, you gotta get that energy out some way. She is planning to invite the entire student body of the school to her Powerline concert party. On pay-per-view, mind you, back in the 90s, pay-per-view. What do you think this concert cost on pay-per-view back in the day? I bet it was like, like maybe 19.95 or maybe 30 bucks. I don't know. Live on pay-per-view. Of course, now that uh, the student body is in a frenzy, Principal Mazer, here you go. You can take over now. Well, these kids have surely shut up because he's like, hey, every year someone comes up to me and asks, Mr. Mazer, how can I work on school during the summertime? And he lists science slumber parties. Like, okay, no kid wants to think about school after they get out of school. I was walking around Meyer, or maybe it was, no, it was Target. And they already have back to school stuff, which is funny because it's only the second week of July. <laughs> Remember all the back-to-school commercials that would come on? Like, oh, really? Uh, I don't want to think. But I loved back-to-school shopping. I just like getting new stuff. I get a new backpack. Going into junior high. Lion King, with that being out, I got a Lion King trap Trapper Keeper. It was so cool. This guy says, on the last day of school, I have several youngsters that come up to me. What can we do to not waste our summer vacation? Are you kidding me? I don't think anyone comes up to you. He's just... These kids are like, are you kidding me with this? Ugh, how much longer? See this guy in the audience who leans over. He's got a white t-shirt with a black vest. He's leaning over the seats, talking to Roxanne, like, hey, Roxanne, about Stacy's party. And she's got this look in her face like, uh, I'm not really into you. No, she's into goof. She wants the goof. Which who can blame her? Even if Max didn't do the power line thing, who wouldn't be into him? He's cute, he's adorable, he's goof, he's, he's goofy! <laughs> Of course, Max, you can see, is in a yellow jumpsuit. He's peering through the curtains. He sees that someone is about to ask Roxanne out. Like, oh, this is not good. Come on, Bobby, what are you doing over there? Let's go. Let's get this on the road, man. I love how he's like, hey, how you doing over there, Bobby? And Bobby's like, hey, don't give me that attitude. I'm doing this all for you. <laughs> all right, it's go time. The lights in the auditorium flash off. Mr. Mazer's like, what? Huh? All of a sudden, there's a trap door, and he disappears underneath it. Like, boom! Goes down that trap door. Max, he's got the jumpsuit on. He's got the glasses on. He is ready to rock and roll. Let's do this! You got this giant screen that pops up that's got Max in his yellow jumpsuit. We got Bobby laughing like, whoa, man. And the kids are just like, wow, whatever this is, I am down for it because this is amazing. We got Ra Roxanne and Stacy sitting in the audience. Roxanne is like, oh my gosh, she's like twirling her hair on her finger like just so like, oh, I love this. 
Chris Max is singing Stand Out by Powerline. Of course, this whole thing was done on the screen, which maybe he was just um, thinking, like, this is all going to be done behind the scenes. Because when he, like, rips through that projection screen and he's on stage, he's looking around at, like, what? This wasn't supposed to go this way. But the reaction from the crowd of kids is like, yes, go, woo! And he's like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna play along and pretend that I was gonna do this the whole time. And he's looking around, he spots Roxanne front and center, even though before she was, like, way, way in the back. But then again, this is to symbolize that Max is only focused on Roxanne. This is all for you, sweetie. So this is Bobby's smoke machine as a fire extinguisher, like a little smoke kit. Oh, while Max is dancing, PJ crawls out across the stage and puts a hook in his pants so that way he can fly out over the crowd. Of course, Principal Mazer gets out of that trap door, music cuts off, and Max is just right in Mazer's face. Mazer pulls off the glasses, everyone's like, it's the goof boy! Oh, but hey, it was a cool thing. People noticed ya. And when someone says that they focus on Roxanne's face, Stacy is like, what? But Roxanne has got this satisfied look on her face like, oh, he did this all for me. And we got some kid that is right next to Roxanne. Like, everyone's like jaw is like dropped on the floor. Like, what? Oh, we cut to Goofy's place of work, which looks like maybe a Kmart with a photo studio there. He's trying to make a cute little girl smile. And she looks on the, this cute little bald girl, just absolutely adorable. Well, she's probably not bald. She's just, you know, she's like maybe like six months to nine months a year. You know, the hair's just starting to grow in. And she just looks on the verge of tears. And Goofy is just trying his darndest, like, hey, look at me. I got this squeaky duck. Squeak, squeak, squeak. And he's like, come on, sweetie, give me a smile. And the poor girl's like, <sighs> and Goofy's like, come on. And somehow that squeaker in that duck winds up going down Goofy's throat. So he's like, and he's just squeak. And apparently the, the girl likes like, okay, this guy's starting to squeak like a duck. Cool. He squeezed that duck so hard, the squeaker like popped out and like went right around his throat. There's a lion in the a lion in the background that reminds me of Mufasa. It's cute. There's also a deer that makes me think of Bambi. But he he got her to smile. Like get get that picture. Get that picture, Goofy. Of course, Pete has got to be there. He's like, is he the manager? Like he lords that over Goofy or something? Because he's looking at Goofy like, Goof. Let's be serious, okay? We're trying to run a business here. You know that Goofy, he just loves this little girl. It's like, oh, I, it's like he wishes for the day when Max was that age, when he wasn't ignoring Goofy. He wasn't rolling his eyes at everything Goofy says. Like, Dad, you're so lame. You don't even know who Powerline is. Ugh. This lady takes her baby back. She's like, oh, you are so good with children. And, of course, Pete hears us like, ugh, really? Here, Goof. Let me, let a sh pro show you how this is done. Because Goofy's like, all right, who's next over here? And, of course, Pete, like, bumps him with his butt out of the way. He's like, oh, who's next over here? 
Oh, look at you, little girl. Like, this girl looks like she she's a troublemaker. And this woman, that is this girl's mother. I don't think we learned her name. This girl's mother just looks like this is her, like, last kid. Probably not a planned pregnancy. And she's got the sagging boobies. She's got the sad... What am I doing with my life look? Like, I am too old for this toddler to be zipping all over the store. <laughs> this girl kicks Pete right in the chin. No, supposedly he's grabbing his knee. It looked like she kicked him in the chin. But he's grabbing his knee like, oh. But he's trying to play it off like, oh, you lucky woman, you. This girl looks like she just drank a full two, uh, a two liter of Mountain Dew. And it's just zipping all over the place. Just hilarious seeing Pete, who's normally such a grumpy puss. He's trying to, he's doing the fake politeness. Like, come on, sweetie, come on, let's get your picture taken. <laughs> he grabs this girl by the back of her dress, and it's just kind of hanging her there, like one would pick up like a, a kitten or you know, um, something like by the scruff. Which, don't do that. Don't pick a cat up by the scruff of the neck. Don't pick a puppy up by the scruff of the neck. Makes me think of Old Yeller when the girl, like, Old Yeller's girlfriend had puppies. And she brought one over that looked like Old Yeller. And, um, the girl did, who was into Travis. And she's like, see, he don't holler none when you grab him up, pull him up by the neck, hide. Like, don't... Just because he ain't hollering doesn't mean that he don't want you to do that. He don't want you to do that. I will one day cover Old Yeller, and I will have a... I love that movie. It will just have fun to kind of have fun and, and rip out of the smidge. <laughs> so, with Goofy and Pete kind of talking, the fishing trip thing kind of comes up. Like, oh, PJ's been dying to go camping with him and won't stop talking about it. So that's what we're going to do this summer. Mind you, if you've seen Goof Troop... Here's a question. Where's a uh, peg and a uh, pistol? That girl makes me think of pistol. Who I learned is voiced by Nancy Cartwright, who voices Bart Simpson. Does he got there that he's gonna basically like make this girl not be able to move? Like some sticky stuff that's gonna attach to her diaper. He just slaps it on her behind and just shoves her right on there. Like, you are not moving now. You're going to take this picture? Yeah. This poor girl's like, eh, eh, I can't get off this thing. And, of course, Goofy brings over this adorable little Bambi doll for this girl to hold on to. So, Goofy lets on that, yeah, Max would never go for the camping thing. He really doesn't want anything to do with me. And go, Matt, bleh. Pete puts this into his head where he's like, oh, there's something wrong with the kid if he doesn't want to spend time with his parent. He might be roaming around with some gang. And stealing stuff as he steals that deer, that stuffed deer from that little girl. She starts screaming, gimme, 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 gimme. Oh, Goofy is now behind the camera cover, and he's like, oh, Max would never do anything like that. Cut to the principal's office, where we have Bobby and Max waiting for their turn to see Principal Mazer. 
So Max is sitting there, head in his hands, like, ugh, I'm such a loser, I messed up big time, my one chance to impress Roxanne, and I totally blew it. Meanwhile, while he's sitting there, Bobby is sitting in, like, two seats over from him, kind of turned on his side, he's kind of working on something, but you don't see it, and he's like, hey, Max, look, the Leaning Tower of Jesus, which is so... Probably one of the memorable lines of this movie. Everyone remembers the Leaning Tower of Chiza. Of course, Principal's door opens. PJ comes out, and he is white as a ghost. He is in shock, like my dad is going to kill me. My guess is he probably got detention for, like, I'd say the first week of school, if not maybe a month of school. I don't know. I don't know what went on during that conversation. And, of course, Bobby's all like, hey, PJ, detention, as PJ walks past. Of course, Robert Zimarowski, as Principal Mazur calls Bobby into his office. And, of course, Bobby's playing it cool. He's like, hey, Principal Mazur, what's up, bro? Shut The door is shut, and he's like, all right, get this. This is how it all went down. This is what happened. <laughs> and Bobby brings that cart with the TV and video equipment in with him, turns to Max, gives him two thumbs up, like, hey, look, I got this, Principal Mazer and I, we are, like, tight, don't worry, it's gonna be cool, I got this. So Max is still there, head in his hands, he doesn't hear or see Stacy and Roxanne come in. This is a large office, this is, like, huge, it's even got a trophy case in it. So... Stacy's theme is power line goes rainforest. She says something about her place being like a sauna. Well, if you pack all those that entire student body into your house, it's gonna feel like a sauna. So she's like, oh, I started to freak out, but I figured, hey, I can use this and say power line goes rainforest. So that means a bunch of sweaty teenager kids in one place. Eey. Of course, you all remember Jenna Von Oy. Who played six on Blossom? She's got the hundred mile per hour voice. <laughs> of course, Stacy realizes while well, Roxanne is not even talking, listening, she is staring in a different direction. Like, mm, you looking at the boy over there that was uh, dressed up like Powerline, huh? So she's like, "Go talk to him." And of course, Roxanne's like, "No, no, I can't do that." And meanwhile, Stacy is like shoving Roxanne over. To Max. So she's si Max has still got his head in his hands. He's like, ugh. I just don't know what's going to happen after I see the principal. And of course, Roxanne's trying to be polite, like, <clears throat> and she looks at Stacy, like, I, I'm trying to get his attention. What do I do now? And Stacy's like, well, tap him on the shoulder. So Roxanne does, and he, like, freaks out and knocks the books out of Roxanne's hands. And then they go to pick up the books and his hand touches hers and it's like that instant spark. Oh, they're both really, really shy with each other and she's like, oh, by the way, I liked your dance. And Max was like, oh, you did? And that immediately opens up the floodgates of conversation. Like, give him something that he can work with. Like, of course, compliment him. Say, I really liked your dance. It was amazing. He's like, yeah. It's from Powerline's latest video. Of course, I love Roxanne saying that Powerline is totally a teen genius. Because, of course, a teenager back then would think that. 
So Max brings up that Powerline's doing a concert in L.A., which leads Roxanne to say, yes, Stacy's showing it at her party. Well, there we go. Invitation is there. It's up in the air. All you got to do is ask her out. She gave you an opening. So he's like, oh, well, uh, look, about Stacy's party, I was kind of wondering, you know, I mean, if you wanted to go, I mean, I was thinking of inviting you. And, but immediately he figures, like, oh, she's going to say no. So I'm like, if you want to back out now, you can do that. I mean, if you totally want to go with somebody else. I mean, she's like, oh, actually, I was thinking I would love to go. And immediately he's like, oh, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so like, oh, good, great, yeah. And of course, Stacey's like, all right, Roxanne, come on. Let's not ruin the moment. Max has got full confidence. He's like, I'll uh, call you later. And she's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Like, wow, and Max is, like, on cloud nine. He's, like, he's dancing, like, oh, everybody mambo, and he dances with the secretary, swinging her around on that wheelchair, and Principal Mazer and Bobby come out, and Bobby's all like, yeah, groove with her. <laughs> of course, Principal's like, yeah, Miss Maple, get that boy's father on the phone. So, Principal Mazer calls Goofy at work. Clearly, this is not good. The look on Goofy's face is of sheer panic and horror. As Principal Mazer is like, I'm calling about your son, Maximilian. Which, I guess, is Max's full name, Maximilian Goof. The first thing, Goofy is scared to death, thinking, oh my gosh, is he hurt? Is, like, my son, what's wrong with him? And the principal's like, no, he's not hurt. He's in trouble. And, of course, Goofy could never fail. Not his boy, not Max. No, he could never do anything like that. So the principal goes on to say that Max put on a production, rioted the whole student body, rioted and got out of control, and that he's reprimanding Goofy like, look, you need to take care of your son and you need to get better control of him before he winds up in the electric chair. And I'm like, really? Really? The electric chair? This kid is 14. He put on a dang dance party at the auditorium. Your speech was terrible, by the way. No, our kids were falling asleep. I get it. Yes, Max shouldn't have done this. But he's like this saying, go big or go home. If you're going to do a grand gesture for somebody, then you put everything you've got into it. And you just see how it rolls after. So Max is, not Max, um, Goofy's kind of sitting there just letting all of this sink in. Like, this is not good. I thought I raised my son better. What can I do to, you know, try to rebond with him? And we get this blue light special, which I believe was, like, through Kmart. And spotlight on this little fishing um, figurine. That's where he gets the idea. Like, I am taking my son fishing. Not to mention, of course, Pete had mentioned the whole taking PJ camping. So it's like, yeah, well, if you're going to reconnect with your son... What better way than, you know, putting him in a car for, like, an eight-week-long trip? <laughs> I can't even... Okay, this little girl, her panties are gone. She's got a bare butt. And this one girl is, like... As this girl runs away, like, fishy, fishy, fishy. This one girl in a red dress is just sneering, like, what? Okay, that woman left her daughter there to, like, wreck havoc at the store. She's like, I'm gone. I'll leave you here. I'll pick you up later, little three-year-old daughter. 
All right, school is out for the summer. Everyone is congratulating Max. Like, hey, Max, you're awesome. We get this fly girl in tight black fitting halter top. And she's all going up to Max like, hey, Max, you got killer dance moves. Stacy right away is like, hey, back off, girl. He's Roxanne's. Like, nice job. We got PJ jumping on Max's back. Oh, my goodness. Only in Cartoon Land would that work. Because if that happened in real life, Max would be on the ground, like, in pieces, broken. I'm not trying to make a fat joke at PJ. He's just, he's huge. And Max is slim. And he's just like, if you, if someone who was, like, over 300 pounds jumped on someone that was, like, stick thin... You're gonna do damage. You don't jump on someone's shoulders. You would not even do that, like, at all. I get it, like, oh, give me a piggyback ride. Go boom. Like, no. So PJ's like, hey, Max, heard about you and Roxanne. And then PJ started chanting, Max, 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 Max. And everyone is cheering. And we break into another song. We get a reprise of Stand Out. Max is awesome now. He's got the backwards cap. He's got the glasses. He is flying high on this stardom. Like, I'm going to ride this train till it stops at the depot station. A slip and slide. Oh, my. Does anyone remember the slip and slide? <laughs> oh, man. I tried doing that on the garbage bag. <laughs> like, here. This could be the same thing. Let me, like, flatten this black garbage bag. You know, hose some water on it and see if it has the same effect. It didn't. Nope, not a one. You hit the, I hit the ground. Oh, oh, this is not fun. But basically, yeah, all you're doing is running and throwing yourself to the ground to slide along this long piece of plastic that's going to slide you along. Along the way, you're going to be getting, like... Almost like rug, rug burns and plastic like burns like ah ah ah. All right, Max comes home. Goofy is filling up the car, that little car. He's filling it up with everything. Going on a trip. Max is like, oh great, Dad, you're going on a trip. Well, if you're gone within eight weeks, send me a postcard, huh? And Goofy's like, well, no, I'm not just going by myself. I'm going with me and my best buddy. And of course, Max is like, oh, you mean you and Donald Duck, right? And Goofy's like, oh, no, yo, I'm talking about you. You're coming with. And we smash cut to the expression of Max's face like, oh, I'm going to be sick. Oh, like, yeah, like what? What? He faints. He faints. And Goofy has to like kind of like, hey, you OK? You OK? And he's like, what? What did you say? And Gooby's like, we're going to spend some real quality time together. And, of course, Max, I'm going to be sick. Really? There is so much stuff crammed on top of this car. No way would that... That roof would be caving in with all that stuff. And he comes up with a present for Max and starts ripping his clothes off right there in the driveway to put on this giant light inflatable life preserver. And Goofy stands back to take this and he's like, oh, you look just like I did at your age. And Max is like, please don't say that, Dad. Max is being what is a typical teenager. 
I was like it. I hid behind my Walkman and headphones playing my music, rolling my eyes when my dad would sing off-key. And he's got a fishing rod to present to Max. Of course, Max is like, a stick? You're giving me a stick, really? And Goofy says, it's been passed down from goof to goof to goof, and now it's yours. Why Max is like, oh, you're giving me a stick? Really? Like, it's a fishing rod. Seriously? You're 14. You should know what a fishing rod is. A three-year-old knows what a fishing rod is. So, Goofy's got it in his head that this is going to be... He keeps referring to him and his dad going on this trip. He wants this adventure with Max because it's like me and my dad got so close during this trip. I want that for us. And, of course... Max is like, Dad, look, really, I, I can't. I, 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 any other time, yes, if you pulled me out of school for eight weeks, I would gladly go with you. But I'm popular now. I have a party to go to. I have a girl that I want to hook up with. And I love Gooby's responses. Well, I've never been to a party, and look at me now. And I'm like, yeah, um, great. Yeah, I've never been to a party either. So... But I'm not going to say that I'm, uh, like, goofy. <laughs> so they're going to Lake Destiny and taking the same route that Goofy and his father did. And Max is not having it. He's getting irritated. It's like, he's putting his hand on the map, like, put the map away, Dad, all right? It's not going to happen. And, of course, Goofy's like, hey, careful, son, you'll wrinkle my pet. That, if that is the same map, that map is being held together by some serious scotch tape. It's probably got holes in it from how they're holding it. And so, you know that stuff, paper's going to start to break down over time. But what do we got here? We got some stuff. Um, let's see. This map belongs to Walter P. Goofy. But it's G-O-F-F-E-Y. We got Benjamin Goofy. All Goofies. Uh, let's see. We got... See. You see something that says, please don't, and then down by Florida in the water says, don't something. We see gas. We see barbecue with the R spelt, you know, going backwards. We see coffee on the map. We see good act for tent. I'm guessing that means tent. Good fishing. It looks like the arrow, because we got arrows going all over the place, but there's this giant arrow that is clearly in California, what looks like it's L.A. So we're going from, the starting point has got to be, where's, so what is this, okay, so that's got to be, that's got to be Michigan, and that's got to be the Upper Peninsula, so maybe they're in, I don't know what that is supposed to, um, we got barbecue, which is just above Texas, I don't know what that state is. Good fishing. That looks like... Um... Gosh, maybe it's like Jackson Hole, Wyoming or something? I'm not sure. I... I, I some states are... You can tell what they are by looking at, like, a map with no... Like, Michigan, we got Florida, we got Texas, we got California. Um, if I wanted to look at the others, I would have to look at a map. Oh, Mexico is down below. Yep, I see that. And I love Gooby's like, and our future. What the map says, we will follow. Man, oh, well, yeah. Max brings us up the party, and Gooby's like, oh, Maxie, there'll be plenty of time for parties when you're older. 
Why I was never invited to a party, and look at me now. Like, uh, okay. So Max o or Goofy opens the door, says, "All right, buddy, hop right in there." Because Max is like waddling because he's got this inflated life, um, uh, life vest on him. It's like hop right in there, and Max is like, "No, Dad!" Slams. It. They get into a. Finally, Max is just thrown into a seat by Goofy. Like, I'm not doing this. You're getting in the car. I'm belting you in. I'm making it really tight so you can't move. Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, <laughs> no, what happens is he keeps shutting the door on Goofy and Goofy's like, oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, I, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go by myself. And, you know, he's hanging out by the hood of the, the car. He's like, all alone, sitting in the boat, talking to myself. He's pulling the guilt trip. And with Max... It's not working. He's like, no, Dad, I don't care. Great, have have a fun time, Dad, talking to yourself in the boat. Bye. Max has got flippers on his feet. <laughs> and Max, meanwhile, is trying to, like, get out of that seatbelt. Max is, at this point, pleading with his dad, like, Dad, why are you doing this to me? And, of course, Goofy's like, because, son, <laughs> I don't want you to wind up in the electric chair. And Max is like, the electric chair? What? And Goofy just grabs him in a bear hug and his life jacket just starts to deflate. Like, <laughs> And Goofy's like, we're gonna work this out together, son. And Max is like, work what out? What? He's like, but, but, and Goofy cuts him off like, that's it. No buts about it, son. We are going on this trip. Your old man knows best. Like, you're going on this trip whether you want to or not. You're pretty much, you're there. Of course, before they can really go, Max has to make a stop and break his date with Roxanne. Oh, it's not even been an hour since he asked her, I bet. So Max does reveals he's walking up the walkway to Roxanne's house like, oh, can't believe you're going to cancel my first date in less than an hour. So it's been like less than an hour. Of course, he rings the doorbell, and this ginormous, beefy bodybuilder... Well, I wouldn't even call him a bodybuilder. No. He's this very muscular, seven feet tall, reddish crew cut. So, he cl Roxanne clearly gets a hair color from Daddy. And he just takes up the entire doorway. Seven feet tall, wearing a white tank top. In his underwear, probably like, what do you want? You're a teenage boy, you're clearly here for my daughter, and I want to smash you like a bug. It looks like he just woke up from a nap, like he works like third shift or something, and is like coming home to like try to rest. So Max is like, hey, is Roxanne home? And he just, her dad just glowers at him like, <clears throat> So he's like, uh, does she even live here? Does she live on this block? Luckily, Roxanne comes to the rescue and says, Oh, hi, Max. No, it's okay. Daddy, please. Go back inside. Good daddy. As she pets his behind. You see his butt crack hanging out of those those underwear. They're both so awkward and nervous together. She's constantly twirling her hair, and he's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. So she offers him a seat, and he's like, uh, uh, Oh, no, I better like make a spot for her. You know, he's being a gentleman. He's helping her up, and he's got his hands on her hips. Of course, you see the door open and just these eyes, like, bugging out. And Roxanne's like, Daddy, Daddy, it's fine. Just go back inside. Go back to bed. 
So, it kind of sucks. He's got to break their date. Like, she's like, don't worry, my dad will be completely better behaved when you come up and pick me up for the co uh, co the party tonight. He's like, oh, she's like, I'm really looking forward to it. And he's like, oh, um, I'm, I was too. And she's like, was? And then he starts in about how his dad surprised him with this summer long fishing trip. And she probably thinks like he's just trying to get out of it. Like he really doesn't want to go with her, which is sad. He's like, no, no, I really wanted to go with you. And she's like, I'll, I'll find someone else. And at this minute, he's like, I am going to lose her forever if I don't come up with something. So he makes up this whole thing about, hey, my dad was in a band power line and we're actually going to L.A. And we're going to go join him on con uh, on stage at the concert for the last song. And I was kind of hoping that uh, I could uh, wave to you, you know, on stage at the power line concert. And he keeps, like, trying to grab her hand to keep her from going inside. And she, like, keeps pulling her hand away. Like, no, Max, just no. Oh, at okay, at first he says that my dad's taking me to L.A. to see a Powerline concert. And she's like, your dad is taking you to L.A. just to see a concert. And that's where he says, well, actually, my dad and Powerline were in a band together back in the day, like, in college. And, yeah, we're just, you know, getting the old band back together. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be on stage and I hope I can wave to you. So, of course, Goofy's like, hey, son, come on, we gotta, we're burning daylight here, we gotta go. And Roxanne looks at Goofy in all his goofballish, silly glory. Like, this guy really was in a power line, in, in a band with power line in college, really? <laughs> I doubt it. Mind you, think about this. Goofy is, like, in his 30s. Powerline looks like he's somewhere in his mid-20s. Yeah, they were never in a band together. <laughs> like, wow, this is incredible because, you know, he's going to wave to her for when he joins Powerline on stage for the final number. And she's like, well, I wouldn't, he says, I wouldn't miss our date for anything that wasn't incredible. Like, there's nothing that would keep me from, it would have to be a major thing. So she kisses him and he is on cloud nine. Like, yeah, as he starts like uh, walking down the walkway to the car. And she waves to him like, oh, I can't wait to see you on stage at the concert. And he's like, oh, crap. Roxanne lives in a very beautiful house. All right, now we're on the road. So not only is Goofy driving, but he is also using a video camera. Like, he's like, here we are, day one on the open road. Like, da -da 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 no. Have, give Max something to do. Like, son, here, I want you to document our trip. Since you're riding shotgun, you're gonna do all the footage and everything like that because I gotta drive. But then again, it's Goofy, so that's just Goofy. He He's a multitasker. So, just looking at Max, there is so much space between him and his dad. Like, the Grand Canyon could fit between them. There's that much space. And he, Max is just like slumped down in his chair, arm out the window, just does not want to look at his dad. Like, oh, you're dragging me on this, but I'm not talking to you. So Goofy's like, gosh, I got to do something to get my kid's attention. Like, we need to, you know, like bond. So he pulls out, out of his pocket, games, is a storytelling, road bingo, plus 20 questions, Simon says, um, I spy. So, of course, Goofy goes with 20 questions, like, alright, you think of someone, I'll try to guess who it is, and Goofy's like, huh, woman. And, of course, Goofy's like, huh, man. And it's like, oh, Walt Disney, right? 
And Gooby's like, yeah, whatever. He's such a typical teen stick in the mud. So, of course, drawing off this conversation, how are you going to do it? The radio is right there. You don't want to talk to anyone anymore? Boom, on goes the radio. And, of course, definitely they're chasing music. Max is all about power line, rock music, because he's doing a little air guitar. Invisible air guitar. Gooby's like, oh, great, you like music? Here, let me hit this tape in my tape deck. And plays, whoops, there goes another rubber tree. Whoops, there goes another rubber tree. Ugh. Oh, no, it's not that one. It's I got high hopes. Wait, but there is a rubber tree in the song. So Max is like, no, as he pushes the button to turn the rock music back on. And now they get into a fight over the radio. Of course, same thing happened in the Wonder Years, season four episode entitled Road Trip, where Jack and Kevin go on a road trip to get Kevin a suit. There is a fight over the radio. One, Jack likes his opera and singing, music from like the 40s. Kevin's all about the 1970s rock music, and they're just back and forth. Punch, 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 punch these buttons. Max and Goofy get into the same thing. Boom, 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 boom. And, of course, since it's a tape, all the tape is going to come out of the tape, out of the player, and you see Smokely. Great. Now we don't have any radio. They full-on are glaring at each other as they're both got their hands on the button. Like, as soon as Max presses his button in, Goofy is pressing. Like, no. And they are full-on, like, you want to test me right now? And Max is like, oh, bring it. Max gets a face full of smoke <laughs> as that tape is just all over the place. You just eliminated your one thing of keeping yourself from talking, which is good. Because now we're going to get a song called On the Open Road. Neither of them are wearing seatbelts. The way that Goofy is herking and jerking, Max... Back and forth between the passenger seat and the driver's seat. It's like, Oh, you son! I'm gonna pull you from here! Like, oh, come on. Oh, my goodness. But they're... Ugh. My goodness. Of course, Goofy's got to look at the map while he's driving, so we can't see, can't see what's going on. Of course, it's summertime. You're gonna have road construction. You see Donald and Goofy on the side of the road looking like they're trying to hitch a ride. Poor Donald is like... Settled down with all of the uh, stuff from the tent to the food to everything. So weird. I mean, you see Donald in, you know, his typical sailor outfit. But Goofy in a red polo shirt and yellow shorts and brown shoes. It's just cray cray. It's like, wow, modern... 1995 Mickey Mouse? You see what looks like a crazy cat lady who's like trying to get in front of, she's cutting in front of Goofy and Max's vehicle. And I'm just looking at, it's a red car with like orange racing or um, flames on it. And it makes me think of Lightning McQueen. Which I'm sure, this was 95. And you know Cars was not out for, like, since, like, what? I think it was 06 that... Was it 06 that Cars came out? So, Goofy surprises Max by going to the Possum Park, which 
Goofy and his dad probably went there at one point. It was probably so great back in, like, the 60s or 70s. But it is just really run down. The fact that this mother is dragging her screaming four-year-old daughter into this place. The girl's like, no, mommy, no, I don't want to go. And Max is like, you gotta be kidding me. Where did you drag me? So we got Pat Buttram, who plays the guy who's running the Possum Park show jamboree. And the guy just looks really weathered and tired. He's like, here it is, the Possum Park jamboree. Like, oh boy. And Goofy's like, great, there's a spot up front! As he drags Max to the front. And there's just these wooden benches there. And they happen to be by that screaming girl... And they're all like, yodel, yodel, yodel. And this girl's like, yodel, yodel, yodel. And you see she's missing two teeth. And she's got the cat's eye glasses. And Max is just like, and like slowly, don't get near me, please. So yeah, they pull up to the possum park. And apparently Goofy and his dad would make this trek. They would always stop at this place. Probably back when it was in its heyday and things were actually working not breaking down and bursting into flames. <laughs> uh, Max is like, no, Dad, I'll stay in the car. I don't want to go. But Goofy's like, no, you are coming with. Yanks Max out of the car, drags him into that auditorium. We got this old guy who's the voice of Chief from Fox and the Hound. He's also a sheriff of Nottingham in Rob, the Robin Hood animated movie with the fox. And he plays the guy who's introducing the band here. Possum Posse Jamboree. He's like, there it is. This guy looks like he needs to be retired, but he is hanging on because if he doesn't, the place will close down without him. This looks like a place that, like, back in his day, he and his father ran it, and now this guy is up there in age, and he is stuck running it. Where's the... Yeah! Crap. They just dropped the remote on the table, sorry. But everyone in the audience, there's not a lot there, but they're all into it. Max, of course, is... Goofy's like, oh my gosh, we're just in time! As he runs down the aisle, "Ah, we're just in time for it to start! Max, of course, typical sullen teenager, head slumped down, hands in pockets, shuffling along like, ugh, I just want to sit in the car. So a mechanical possum pops out of this hole on the stage and says, Howdy, folks, who's your favorite possum? And of course the audience is supposed to answer, Lester, it's Lester, I think it's a rhetorical question, but of course it's like, let's get the audience hyped. The kids, the parents are into this. They were probably bought, brought there by their parents, and they are just like Goofy, loving this. So we got Buford, Beulah, and Mordecai, and you can already see these things. They're made of metal. Makes me think of when the Simpsons go to Itchy and Scratchy Land, and those um, mechanical Itchy and Scratchies, where they say, do not take pictures of them because it causes them to go haywire. These things, when they pop out, they are metal. They're on springs. You can see the sparks starting to pop up. Like, this is a fire hazard on so many levels. 
And I'm with Max, and she's just looking at this like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. This is pathetic. And it kinda is. It's not great. Whatever this was in its heyday, it's not anymore. It's like a relic. It's It needs to be put out to pasture is what I'm saying. And this girl, the one who was screaming as her mother was dragging her in there, she's all happy. She, oh my god, this girl, she's got white cat's eye glasses. She's got a pink top on. Looks like she's wearing just a diaper. She's got, her hair is like out in pigtails she's missing some teeth like one top tooth and then like two on the bottom and it's just it's almost like they're making uh stereotypes out of i guess if you call them like yokels or hicks or something which is very offensive but even still it's like they're making fun Ugh. and this girl's like this little girl, she's seated right next to Max. She's into it, and he's got the uncomfortable, <laughs> hi, like, uh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be next to you either. And as these things are playing on stage, you're seeing them start to combust. Like, parts of them, pieces of their body are falling off. Mordecai's hat, he does not have the top of his head. It's just springs that are exposed. And everyone's screaming, Yoda, Yoda, Yoda! Like, ugh! I would be running out of that place as fast as my legs would carry me. I could not be able to sit through that crap. Yeah, at one point, um, I, if it is Lester who's running the show, um, he does have to come out with a fire extinguisher and kind of spray things down because it does get heated and things start to smoke and start, oh, that trickle things just it's very scary i would have run out of there like with my life intact <laughs> and the thing is with max he didn't even want to come on this stupid vacation anyway so you know anything that goofy's gonna try to do you're just gonna have max wanting to get even farther away from you and when you're in a car with somebody for a long period of time you're probably going to get on each other's nerves. I mean, with Jeremy's and my trip that we just got back to, it wasn't bad. Sometimes I did have to yell at him say, I'm trying to read, and you're deliberately trying to ignore, you're trying to annoy me. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about state capitals. I don't want you to quiz me on state capitals or anything about Texas. Thank you. So the show's over. They zip out so they can explore the park. Uh, Goofy, of course, he's got that camera ready to go to document every single minute moment of this. At least he's not driving and using the camcorder, which he was earlier. Everything he could do to keep his eyes not on the road, he was doing. He was looking at the map. He was using his camcorder. He was looking at maps. It's like, even with Jeremy, he's looking at I'm like the world you need to focus on the road don't look at me what i'm doing i'm just sitting here reading we don't need to focus <laughs> i surely wasn't gonna pull out my phone and say hey jeremy look at this picture on my phone while you're driving see possum souvenirs he's gonna get a possum hat for himself and max and get their picture taken so they can commemorate this moment in time so that way when max grows up has a kid who's his own age one day, 
and treat him like the way that Max is treating his own father, he can look back and, jeez, what was I thinking? Oh my gosh. My kid's worse than I was. Of course, while Gooby's off getting souvenirs, Max is now going to be harassed by one of those possum attendants that's in a possum costume. They're not supposed to start harassing, oh, your favorite possum. They're definitely not supposed to be touching you. That is against, but then again, this is not Disney World. This is a possum stand somewhere in the middle of nowhere. So they don't adhere to any possible guidelines of no touchy-touchy, don't touch me, don't acknowledge me unless I acknowledge you type of thing. Like, don't, don't do that. And they're definitely, I mean, you know that the, I've never been to Disney World, but I know that they, Chip and Dale, Mickey Mouse and Minnie, they don't talk. They do not talk. Ever. The only ones that talk are the humans, like Cinderella, Snow White, um, Ariel, stuff like that. So I'm going to play this quick little clip here. <laughs> As this giant, this guy is just so bubbly. Who's your favorite possum? Like, get away, don't touch me. And that's Max's attitude. It's like, do not touch me. And the guy wraps him up, strangling him in a bear hug. My life's a living hell. here with the almost Max is gonna say hell like my life's a living hell and then we get Lester coming over hello there little buddy and Max is like turning around like trying to like don't he's giving off that vibe like I don't want to be approached don't talk to me and the guy's like getting right in Max's face like who's your favorite possum why are you so sad <laughs> I know it'll cheer you up and and Max, I gotta hand it to Max. He handles this really well. Granted, he has to get physical, but that Lester possum, that guy, he's in a, a guy, it's a guy in a possum suit. This guy doesn't understand no means no. And Max is like, do not touch me. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna give you a great big bear up. And he, and he's strangling Max, like crushing him to his, his possum body. And then Max hauls off and slaps the guy right across the face to the point where his costume, his the head of his costume is now turned around. He can't see. And then all of a sudden, it's like all these kids come out of nowhere and just knock him down and start, like, pulling on him and drag him away. They're probably going to rip him to shreds. We're never going to see that guy again. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I actually felt sorry for that guy. I don't. Because you don't do that to somebody who does not. And that guy could tell this kid did not want him anywhere near him. Of course, Max is, at first he's like a little worried when those kids like dragged Lester off. He's like, eh, he's getting what he deserves. Lester's tail is so long and big, he has to like hold it in his hand. Of course, to make matters worse, Gooby comes back and he's got the possum caps. 
LLC. He's like, hey, let's get our picture taken. We got a couple dead possums hanging upside down from a tree. That girl is back to crying again. I swear all she's wearing is a pink tank top and a diaper. What in the world? So Max is like, no, you've got to be kidding. I'm not getting my picture taken. So Goofy's like, all right, well, you're missing out. As he goes over there, the crowd starts laughing as Goofy is, like, hamming it up. He's having the best time of his life. And everybody's like, oh, what a dork. <laughs> oh, my gosh, those possums were not dead. They were actually alive. Oh, my God. Because the guy at the camera's like, say sassy frass. And Goofy's like, sassy frass. As he's got this big grin. He's got his dead possum hat on. He's having a great time. And the thing is, when that guy shoots the picture, when he takes it, those possums' eyes are open. And they are just like, yeah, they're, like, smiling for the camera, too. Oh, my God. Those things could have rabies. They have diseases. And I know possums. I've seen them. They stink. They stink to high heaven. They smell like rotting garbage mixed with skunk. Oh, my God. One of them latches onto Max's face, knocking his dead possum hat off. Oh, people are looking at Max. Like, he's the one that caused this, this this disturbance. I think the fact that he's with Goofy and everything, you know, that's his dad. And now there's this big commotion. They look at him, Max like, oh my gosh, why are you here? Oh, but no, they, they all start laughing at Max. Now Max has got that. That possum is down his pants. No, actually, it's up his shirt. And then I think it goes down his pants. And then, of course, these guys in this um band are like oh the kid's dancing let's play some music like this is not a good thing here so goofy takes this as an invitation thinking that max is dancing he's getting into the spirit of things but no now we see max bent over with his baggy pants his underwear his butt his underwear covered butt is now exposed to everybody because he's trying to yank out this possum out of his pants talk about uh, very embarrassing. And I feel for Max. It's like, Goofy, come on. He doesn't want to do this. And Max is just, look, his dad is like spinning him around in circles. And Max, is, from Max's point of view, we're seeing all these people crowding in a circle around them laughing at him. And it's like, man, he spent his whole life trying to, you know, get rid of the name Goof. You know, just kind of you know, put some distance between him and that name and what that name, that grief the name has caused him. He finally drifts us up at his power line. He gets the girl. Now he's back to being laughed at by yokels. This sucks. And granted, yes, Max has a piss poor attitude about it, but still, well, I mean, come on, would you want your parent to be flinging you all around and everything and letting people laugh at you, like call you Dork and Dork Jr.? No! This kid's got no room to talk. Hey, look, it's Dork and Dork Jr. I would have slapped that kid across the face. Max has finally had enough. He throws his dead possum hat down. And what makes matters worse as he's heading out to the car is now that he can't get in it, and it starts downpouring. Now Max figures, screw it. I can't get in. I'm going to do the next best thing. I'm going to hitchhike. Goofy goes over to him like, Max, what are you doing? And Max is like, what does it look like? I'm trying to get away from you. And Max, Goofy is a little, 
well, what's going on? You know, Goofy almost seems like he's oblivious, like he's not getting the social cues that Max is throwing out, which anybody who's anybody could see Max is visibly upset. And Goofy's like, I don't get it. I thought we were having a good time. What's going on? So Max just goes over to the car, still trying to jiggle the handle. It's clearly locked. He's like, I just want to go. And Max is, Goofy's just standing there looking, you know, upset and hurt and everything. Like, I wanted to bring my son to this place where my dad brought me when I was a child. But Max isn't having it. And Max is looking at his dad just standing there five feet, standing there five feet away like, what's the deal, dad? I want to go. Why are you standing there? Unlock the door. I mean, yes, a part of me does kind of feel for Goofy. He looks like he's two seconds away from crying. And, but it's just honestly, it's like, yes, Max isn't 100% in the right here, but he kind of is a little bit. I mean, because this is what, Max is blowing up. He's had enough of this. And he figures the only way his dad's going to understand and get that is by blowing up at him. Oh, I'm sorry, the blow-up doesn't happen until he gets in the car, and he, Max, really lets loose. And the simplest gesture, Goofy hands Max his dead possum hat, and Max is just about ready to tear this thing in two. He is so angry. He's like, oh, I can't believe you... You, you basically kidnap me, you drive me 100 miles away to see some stupid rat show as he finally gets his window down and just chucks the thing. Like, and he's just sitting his, in, in his seat, just slumped down, arms folded, like communication shut down. Like, you know what? Just call me when the trip is over. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to know you exist. That's basically it. Uh, I mean, my heart is kind of breaking for Goofy here as he just, he looks so sad and broken. As he, he's finally putting his key into the ignition, he just, he wants to connect with him. That's all he wants. And, and Max, I think it's just, Goofy is kind of coming at this from the wrong way. You don't take your kid on a, you don't spring that on your kid. Like, we're gonna go eight weeks, basically the whole summer, on a trip that's a hundred miles away to go fishing. Ugh. Of course, they drive away. We see the dead possum hat just left there being rained on. So Goofy's setting up camp. Max is using a stick and just kind of flinging it around the water. He dr draws up an image of Roxanne. And, of course, Goofy has to step right into that path of water. And the way that Goofy approaches this, he is so nervous and so tentative to go up to his son, he is scared that Max is just going to blow up at him. And it's like, hey, um, Max, do you, um, do you think you might want to do some fishing, maybe? He's so scared! That is so sad! It's just a, a couple days till we get to Lake Destiny. And Max just shrugs it off and he just starts walking away. Of course, who else decides to show up? <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Because all of a sudden, Goofy's getting ready to lay down the sleeping bag inside the tent that he put up. And all of a sudden, it is, like, covered 
by this platform that we don't really see it yet, but we see it like cutting trees. It's it's rigged. It's got everything. Cutting trees down to make room for it. It's like the ultimate behemoth on that Simpsons episode of season one called The Wild. This, that's got nothing on this thing. It's, oh my gosh, it's so great. It's so amazing. If I were to travel outdoors and camp, which I won't, I won't ever do it, but <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to say, when you're in an RV, are you really camping? You're not really camping until you're roughing it in a tent on the ground. I know. But Pete's RV setup he's got here, just well. So we don't know who owns this ginormous RV, but Max takes one look at it. Practically has to put his tongue back in his mouth. He's drooling so much. All of a sudden, the platform... The door opens, and Goofy is, like, right under it. Of course, boom, gets knocked on the head. And who appears? It's Pete! Pete has decided to come along. Well, not with the goofs, but he pretty much had the same idea. Oh, actually, no! Actually, when he was he was talking to Goofy, Goofy got the idea from Matt, or from uh, Pete. So Max's first question to Pete is, hey, is PJ around? And, of course, Pete's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure he's loafing around somewhere in there. As he kind of thumbs back there, like, take a look. So, yeah, there's PJ. He is rocking out to Powerline while he's using a sander? A power sander? No, it's a, wa it's a waxer. It's a waxer. It's not a sander. I love a little drink on that little lamp, three-lamp end table there that's got a little, um... What do they call those things? Umbrellas. Yes. That's the thing that makes it so much more interesting is like whether it's mopping, doing dishes, um, mowing the lawn. Music makes everything that much more better. I mean, come on. If you, I mean, who wants to watch the dishes without music or something, right? I mean, come on. When you got to do a chore like that, if you can listen to music, that's the way to do it. Check out that sweet sound system. Woo! And a pool table. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't really play pool. I don't even know how to play pool. All I know is you, like, hit some balls into some, like, um, socket thingies. I love how he's got, PJ's got a dusting rag in his back pocket, and it's just, as he's just dancing along, it's dusting Pete's, of course Pete's got to bring his trophies. The thing even has a phone on the one on the right side of the door as Max is coming up, and then on the left side of the door, we see that there's like three or four fishing poles there, fishing rods. So, of course, Max is getting a kick out of just watching PJ, like, dance around. But he goes over to the stereo. Oh, this thing in the book. Someone's singing, you turn off the music, and then you hear their voice. Like, <laughs> this RV even has an aquarium. I can't wait till we get to that Mermaid Inn hotel that has a waterbed with fish in it. I'm, I, ugh, I'm so excited. Well, apparently Roxanne likes to talk because PJ's like, oh, you're the, you're amazing, Max. I mean, you are the one that is going to the Powerline concert in LA. It's like, uh, yeah, clearly Roxanne told her best friend Stacy. Stacy, of course, told everybody 
everybody that's probably coming to the concert, that whole entire town knows. Except for Goofy. So, Max does admit to PJ, like, yeah, it's great, but the only person who doesn't know about this Powerline concert is my dad. He is the one that's pretty much kept in the dark. So, now we cut to the top of the RV that has a bowling alley built on top of it. Of course it does. Of course. Because it's Pete. He's got to have everything in this RV. Everything. He could basically move into this RV, which, who knows? Maybe he took PJ and he and Peg got divorced. She took Pistol and the dog Chainsaw. And speaking of, where's Waffles? Where's Waffles? They could have, well, no, they probably, no, they wouldn't have brought, wanted to bring Waffles on that trip. Nah. Someone's watching Waffles. I don't know who. So, Pete says, hey, how's it going with your kid? Is he still giving you issues? And Goofy's like, I, I'm trying, I'm really trying, but it's like, whatever I do, it's just pushing him that much farther away. So, apparently Pete's... Guide to parenting is keep them under your thumb. That way they don't end up in the gutter. And the fact that later he'll say that my kid respects me. I'm like, no, what Pete does to PJ, and you see it in Goof Troop, and you see it in this. He's got PJ so scared to death that he's going to step out of line by anything he does. Because I'm sure that Pete makes threats to PJ's life. I'm sure he does. He is a type, Pete is a type that would do that. He is emotionally damaging his kid. That is child abuse. See Pete get all the pins knocked down except for one. And Goof's like, Goofy's like, well, Pete, you almost had it. And of course, Pete is like, almost. He screams for PJ doesn't say anything, just points at that pin. PJ runs over, knocks it down, and of course Pete celebrates. So you got your kid doing your grunt work. And he says, hey, son, give me a high five. And of course Pete pulls his hand out of the way, like, (laughs) too slow. Poor PJ just looks so dejected. He just wants his dad to love him. That is so sad. Oh, yeah, who in the 90s didn't say psych? Like, psych, gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> the whole, hey, give me a high five. What? <laughs> Too slow. <laughs> so, Goofy sees this buddy-buddy stuff. Like, hey, Max, um, we'd love to, you know, Pete, we'd love to see for dinner, but Maxie and me, we're going to go fishing. Right, buddy? As he, you know, rubs Max's hair. And Max is like, Dad, get off me. No, we can do that later. He's like, no, Dad, look, we can do that tomorrow. Okay, and Max rubs his hands and goes, like, so, what are we having? Are we having some steak? And Goofy's like, but Max, I thought we... And then you see Pete kind of elbow Goof, like, you need to keep him under your thumb. He doesn't give you orders, you give him orders, and he listens to you. That's how a parent is supposed to work. So... Goofy takes that to heart and says, that's it. And he calls him by his full name. He says, Maximilian, you go out there. You get some. He says, get your gear, little man. We're going fishing. And he points. He's like, now, go. Like, I ain't playing. I'm not playing with you. You get your butt out there. You get your gear. We are going fishing. No questions asked. Do not talk back to me. So, Goofy is now going to demonstrate what he calls the perfect cast, the best way you will catch a fish every single time as long as you use this method. 
and there's a lot of steps to it. So before we get to the perfect cast, I'm going to end this coverage of a goofy movie at this point, and then in part two, we will see the perfect cast on through to Bigfoot, and then of course on to getting to the Powerline concert and everything that happens before that. So I hope you enjoyed this part, part one, and like I said, I'll be back for part two. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey there, everybody. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years of Wonder Years podcast and Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And today I am concluding. This is part two of my review of a Goofy movie. So where we left off, Goofy is just about to show Max the perfect cast. And, of course, Max is grumbling, I don't even know how to fish. And Goofy's like, don't worry, it never stopped me from learning. It'll be fine. And this method, the perfect cast, has been handed down from one goof to the next. A multi-generational type of fishing method. Twelve or thirteen goof generations. Holy magoo Wow. That's a lot. So Max is like, the perfect what? And Goofy's like, the perfect cast. See, my dad taught it to me when I was about your age. You know what? When I was your age, I really wasn't that sullen. I wasn't angry either like you're being. It's like, come on, Max, keep a partial open mind. So he tells Max to be loose and relaxed, basically a bowl of jello. Make sure your feet are apart, and he throws the line out. So he's like waving the fishing pole around the line around like 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, quarter to 3. So he's like twist over and he says I'm a little teapot and he's like let her fly. That is a lot of steps to just basically all that Goofy is really doing is just like flinging the fish, the, the fishing line like left, right, backwards, forward, side to side, boom. Of course, he lets his line go backwards. We see Pete. He's got this ginormous steak on the grill. You know he's not going to share with his son. His, he's going to make PJ sit there and watch him eat that whole steak. Oh. But, of course, jokes on Pete as he goes to um, put some salt on the steak. And bye-bye. Where'd it go? Where's the steak? It was just here a second ago. Of course, the steak lands in a giant footprint on the ground. The ground starts to shake, and we see a ginormous foot, which is connected to a big foot. Not Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, but a big foot, who we will find out enjoys listening to the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees is this Bigfoot's jam. And apparently he likes to eat tree bark as he just takes a big old chomp and bite of it like he's eating a foot-long sub at Subway. Oh, but he looks down. He doesn't even notice that that steak is underneath his foot. But he smells it. He's like, ooh, this will be better than this uh, tree bark I've been chomping on. This Bigfoot's got a mustache. <laughs> like little thin hairs. But as mo he starts to go for the steak. And of course that's when Goofy's like starting to reel it in across the water. And the B Bigfoot is just chasing after it. 
So, of course, Goofy wants to commemorate an another moment as he brings in, reels in his catch. He's like, Max, go get the camera! I want to commemorate this moment! And Max runs, gets it, but then he actually hands the camera to his dad. Because you see that the Bigfoot's got the steak in its mouth. And Max is like, dad, 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 that's a, dad, 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 that's a big, 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 big foot. <laughs> and Goofy is not even face like, oh, whoa, Mr. Foot, will you stand back so I can get you in the frame completely? Oh, no, now we cut back to Pete as the steak flies into his face from Goofy's fishing pole. He's like, hey, what's the big idea? And we see Max and Goofy, like, running for their lives. Pete, of course, doesn't need any more convincing that something's out there. He, like, loads up shop, and he is out there with his RV, like, zip, bye! <laughs> but Pete had more steaks. I hope one of those was for PJ, that he was not going to eat all of them. So, in the running for their lives, Goofy drops the camera, so we're kind of seeing it from the camera lens view. Then, of course, the keys are, the car is locked. It's like, crap! And they had, like, the sunroof open, so they are able to climb through there. But now, Goofy is painstakingly trying to get that sunroof, like, that closed. Like, come on, come on, come on! The Bigfoot is sitting on top of their... The, Goofy's car looks kind of like a Pinto. And it reminds me of the movie Cujo, which I'm hoping I might be able to do, review that for how, the month of Halloween. And it reminds me of the scene, because Cujo's a St. Bernard. I mean, granted, yes, the Bigfoot is bigger than a St. Bernard, but just what the Bigfoot is doing here, sitting on top of the car as it's, he's, the motions of, he's rocking the car on the foundation of the, like, back and forth, back and forth. Reminds me of when Cujo jumped on top of the Pinto, and he, uh, you could just see the car just kind of rocking on its tires back and forth, swaying like, ah! Something else has caught Bigfoot's eye. He is going to go and scrounge through their stuff. So we come back to the car as Max and Goofy have just their eyes above the door frame. And they're like, Bigfoot, I can't believe it. And Goofy's like, yeah, and to think, I got it all on film. And Max is like, we're going to be famous. Cut to the Bigfoot, who is ripping apart the tape in the ta in the camcorder. Well, bye, footage. Bye. You're not going to be famous for that. So, get back to the car, Max. Like, let's just get out of here. Of course, Goofy starts to pat his, like, where did I put the... We hear jingling. Like, well, that sounds like keys. Crap, he's got the keys. Oh, man. And he's grinning at them maniacally, like, see, I know you want this, but guess what? You ain't getting the keys. He just flings them off, like, bye. <laughs> Bigfoot's head disappears into the box, and of course, it's, well, either Max or Goofy's underwear. We know that Max wears the tidy whities We've seen him twice, so. So, they've been sitting in that car a while, because now it's dark out, and now they're treated to... to Bigfoot's puppet show, and <laughs> it's cute. Like, oh my god, I just want to get out of here. So now we're kind of on the hood of the cars. We're watching Bigfoot just fling like a shoe and some socks and some underwear across the windshield. And we hear a gurgle. Goofy's like, geez, Max, is that Bigfoot or your stomach? And Max is like, oh, yeah, I'm starving. 
cue the cover soup, or no, the, the cover soup, the can of soup that, boom, just plops right on the, da on, uh, in front of the windshield. So, all right, Gooby's going to try to make a go for it and try to reach out and get that can of soup. So, of course, Gooby try he rolls down the window, tries to get the can of soup. Bigfoot notices that, uh, Goofy's got his arm out there, and he just screams and starts running for the car. Luckily, they're able to get the can of soup inside the inside the car with them and uh bigfoot just uh gets a face full of um car door oh this is where we get the bgs where all of a sudden um, it's probably their max or goofy's headset you know the kind that just had like the little radio attached to the headset that you just stick on your head and you listen to the tunes yeah Back in the car, Goofy's got the cigarette lighter, and he's like, all right, let's see. I bet we can make uh, some hot soup with this here. Because we know Goofy. He's not a smoker. He doesn't smoke. But he's like, hey, at least this thing's good for something. I don't even think you can find those in cars anymore, cigarette lighters. No, now they're adapters to charge and plug in your phone and everything. So we got Bigfoot. In the background, background here, doing this John Travolta staying alive dance as Goofy and Max are waiting for their soup to get warm. So it's just Max and Goofy kind of glance at each other, but they quickly look look away. Like eh, I'm not gonna try to bridge that gap yet. But Goofy starts to giggle like he's thinking of something funny, like um, a memory. And Max is like, "All right, I'll bite." Um, what's so funny? <laughs> And Gooby's like, hi, Dad, soup. And Max is like, what? And Gooby's like, oh, come on, you remember hi, Dad, soup. And this is such a sweet, endearing moment that Max finally kind of gives his dad an olive branch. Like, all right. So Gooby says, yeah, you don't remember that? Yeah, when you were little, you used to, like, spell out small words with vegetable soup, like hi, Dad, or stuff like that. And... Max is, like, trying to, like, big words, like, hasta la vista, or, uh, ambidextrous, or something, or, I pledge allegiance, and Goofy's like, or, I love you, and Goofy immediately, as soon as the words come out of his mouth, he, like, gets really quiet, and his eyes get really big, like, did I cross the line, should I not have said that? And it's sad! And now it's just awkward again. It's like they were having a small little moment, and then as soon as Goofy said, I love you, they just turn away from each other. Like, yeah, that's that's too much right now. So this is an interesting little thing. We know that Goofy and Max both have the big teeth, the two, you know, teeth at the front of their mouth. And Goofy takes a soup can, and he, like, almost like a can opener in a way, um... Yeah, he, he tips that uh, into Max's cup, and Max is like, oh, wow, how'd you learn to do that? And Goofy says, well, your, your granddad taught me how to do that. So, yeah, Goofy's father taught him how to do that. That's pretty, that's resourceful, that's cool. When they went to Yosemite, okay. So this whole kind of, it hangs in the air with, between... Goofy and Max, the whole thing that Goofy did a lot with his dad and everything, and, you know, clearly, I don't think that Goofy's father is alive anymore, and 
it opens up. Goop, Goofy does kind of take this time to see if he can open the channel of communication. It seems like he and Max are... This high dad soup thing has kind of opened up the channels just a little bit. And Max and Goofy are like... Goofy starts with Max, you and I, and then... Max is like, Dad, I'm sorry. So it's like, something's happening here. They're, they're going to be honest with each other. At least they're trying to. But then, of course, Goofy stops and just goes for, how's the soup? And Max is like, oh, it's it's good. It's soup. <laughs> so uh, Max has got a little soup mustache after he uh, finishes that soup. And Goofy just kind of, you know, what, you know, smiles at him like, it's just cute. Probably like he's thinking of Max as a little kid with like a milk mustache. And Max is like, what? What is it? And Goofy just kind of looks at him just like, Nothing. Of course, a sweet moment is interrupted by Bigfoot, who wants to sleep on top of their car. This is going to be, honestly, one of my favorite scenes, sweetest endearing scenes of this whole movie so far. When they're both figuring, you know, we're not going anywhere tonight, let's get some shut-eye. Well, they can't really go anywhere because they don't have the keys. But Goofy goes and he just kind of lays down in the seat, which he's going to have a sore neck in the morning. But anyway... Max taps him on the shoulder, hands him the cup, and we get to see in the cup, it says, Hi, Dad. I'm like, oh my, it's like he is starting, he's starting to get to Max. He's starting to reach him just a little bit. It's not a lot, but it's an improvement over him being sullen and unresponsive and non-communicative. Yeah, this, this is great. And you see Goofy's lips start to tremble. Like, he is... He, he, and that makes me want to tear up. Because he's trying so hard to reach... You know, bond with his son and just... Get those levels of communication. Just some solid ground that they both can stand on. But he's doing it based on the fear that if he doesn't reach out to his son and have a better relationship with him, that he's thinking his kid is going to... That principal is a jerk. He put that in Goofy's head that if you don't straighten your kid out, he's going to wind up in jail or in the electric chair. So it's like Goofy's motives for this are purely out of fear of what could happen. So both Goofy and Bigfoot are snorers. We see Max's bloodshot eyes. So since Max can't sleep, he finds uh, Lester's Possum Park postcard to write to Roxanne. He says, hey, I thought I'd drop you a line. We're only days away from the Powerline concert. But then Goofy mumbles in his sleep, more high dad soup, please. And Max kind of looks over at his dad and realizes, like, what I'm doing, you know, is, is dishonest. So he, and meanwhile, Roxanne will never see this postcard because somehow it gets ripped up because he says, the truth is I lied to you. There is no power line concert, but she'll never see this. So, so of course, in frustration over revealing, like, no, I'm not going to the power line concert, Roxanne. You may never want to see me again. In frustration, he slams his fist down on the glove box which pops open, revealing the map of Lake, to Lake Destiny, the destination. 
and Max decides to change the map, the direction, which looks like they're going in the same direction as the concert anyway. Oh, wait, no, it's okay, so I see Los Angeles down there. If that is, is that Nevada? What's above Nevada? Is that Wyoming? I don't know what the states are. Oh, well, anyway, um, yeah, so it's written in pencil, so I guess Max is just able to change it. So, Goofy wakes up for a split second, but he's not fully awake because he asks the question, how many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? And it's a rhetorical. But Max answers like, uh, three and a half. And Goofy, like, his eyes are half open. And he like, seems satisfied and just <laughs> conks out. He's like, he's asleep. <laughs> yeah, Max, before we go to the next scene, Max just rips up the postcard, throws it out the window, and all we see is a piece of it that says, I lied. Now we're at a truck stop, and Max is feeling guilty about what he did. He's picking at his breakfast. So, Goofy's got the short stack. Go Max, was he not hungry? All he's got is eggs. He probably doesn't oh, care. Eggs, I guess. So... <laughs> And the lady's got the food right there. And she's like, eggs, eggs, eggs. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right here, right here, sorry. It's like, lady, she's, well, you're waiting, she's waiting for a response. Like, are these your eggs or aren't they? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're mine. Uh, she calls him, he, like, here you go, cutie. Like, he's a cutie, yeah. <laughs> Aw, they made the bacon, the smile, and the eggs, the eyes, and the little... Parsley the nose. That's adorable. Okay, why is it in every cartoon whenever we see waffles or whenever, not waffles the cat, but waffles or whenever we see pancakes, they're always so good. They just look so delicious and just soaked up with syrup. Ugh. I had chocolate chip waffles. I go waffles for breakfast today, so. Oh, those are the nuns that were there on that On the Road song. Are they, um, going in the same direction as them? Maybe they're going to the Powerlight concert. So, we keep focusing on the map and Goofy's keys. And Max, or Goofy picks up the map, tells Max, I think we need to talk about this. And Max is like, oh no, he knows. Oh no. So, Goofy's like, seems like you need to take some response, start taking some responsibility around here. And Max thinks, oh boy, I'm in trouble. No, actually, Goofy gets the attention of all the diners in the restaurant. And he's like, I'm going to let my son handle the navigation, and I'm not even going to look at the map now. You get to pick where we go from here. So, Goofy says, I dub thee my son Maximilian, official navigator and head witchwayer of this here road trip. I have the subtitles on now. <laughs> I just turned them on. I could have turned them on in the beginning. I don't know why I didn't think of it. There is a lot of characters in this. We got the nuns. We got um, the waitress. We got a guy dressed up like Elvis. We got some truckers. Whole cast of characters. So, Goofy sits down like, uh, I'm not even going to look at the map anymore. As a matter of fact, you can pick all the stops from here to Lake Destiny. Of course, here's the kicker. As Goofy says, I trust you wholeheartedly, son. Like, ugh. They cheers, they clink their drinks, and it's like, to the open road. And Max is like, uh, to the open road. Okay, clink. 
All right, now we get another montage of all the places they're going to go check out. And it's really cool. We get to see the map and we see the line uh, that the car is following. So first up, we're going to be doing kind of the things that Max wants to do, which is, of course, ride a jet ski. Goofy's not really proficient on that, so he's just, like, flying by the seat of his pants practically. Like, ah! I've been on one. I've never driven a jet ski. It's, I mean, it kind of makes me nervous just because... I mean, basically you have the open water that is almost like, you know, with, you know, boat traffic and stuff like that just kind of makes me think, it's like, well, you're on the waters, there's no, you know, roads and stuff, so it's like, how do you navigate, I don't know. Oh my gosh, he's like taking out umbrellas, people on the beach, he's taking out little tents, oh my goodness. We get a... Tire-changing scene as they blow a tire, of course. Both Max and Goofy go to get the spare. Of course, they bonk heads as they both lean down and go to grab it at the spare tire at the same time. Ouch. That is never a fun thing to bonk your head with someone else's or to hit your head when you're reaching down to grab something. Whenever, if I have to reach down to grab something, the first thing is like, am I going to hit my head when I come back up? All right, well, Max is having the time of his life. He's feeling guilt-free right now because he is on a roller coaster and poor Goofy is about to puke. Like, <laughs> He is turning green before our eyes and Max is just like, hands up in the air like, I just don't care. Woo! <laughs> I would not be, I've been into roller coasters like I was. I don't think I was ever 100% into like, yay, roller coasters are fun. <laughs> Especially, this is a wooden roller coaster. I've been on a wooden roller coaster. Those are like, yeah, it's like that. It's like your whole body's like getting shaken around. It's like you're going to be sore for a day or so. Granted, as a kid, it's kind of resilient. But when you're like in your 20s or something, it's not as fun because you're feeling every bump and every boom, boom, boom. Goofy is still green as he comes out of that, that restroom. And Max is not exactly helping. He's got a chili dog, he's got nachos, he's got, like, what looks like ketchup and fries and a drink. Goofy just got done throwing up and immediately the bile is, like, coming back up. As he puts a hand over his mouth, his cheeks, like, blown out. Like, he's about ready to bleh, all over that food. And he just runs right back into the restroom, like... Max, buddy, uh, your dad just got through puking. I don't think he wants to eat any of that stuff. Oh, I noticed on the restroom door when Max or Goofy closes it, it's got a picture of Goofy, a silhouette of him. All right, now we're going to like a monster truck show. And Max has got the foam finger. He's waving it like, yeah, go, go, go. But we see poor Goofy. Those places are loud. I've not been to one, but I can just imagine that has got to be such a loud place. Goofy's got his hands over his ears. He's not having a good time. Max finally looks over. The smile's gone from his face like, oh, I guess Dad isn't having a good time. And I guess he's kind of thinking like, all right, I think it's time to switch things up and actually do things that Dad wants to do. So, yeah. Crap. 
damn it. So yeah, Max changes things up and he surprises Goofy with a trip to Carl's amazing house of yarn, world's largest. Aww. I'm not sure where this is supposed to be, whether it's New Orleans or not. Um, but we see a mime there who's performing and Goofy like cuts this invisible string and then all of a sudden a piano falls on the guy and Goofy and Max are like, okay, let's get out of here. That just got too real. <laughs> they must have lost another tire because Max is not having to change another tire. But I guess it works out because it works out because the jack ends up spinning through the air and hits the um the thing that's holding up the car, I'm guessing that's the jack. And all of a sudden it um when the thing comes around floating through the air, the thing that Max was using to change, you know, get the uh, love notes off, it hits the tire that Goofy had, which was probably the spare, and then all of a sudden somehow the new tire gets put on and like, oh well that was easy. Goofy and Max are in a cave overlooking something. Goofy wants to take a picture of him and Max. All of a sudden, we see all these red eyes right above them, and they're all bats, and they get chased out of the cave. Oh, it says Carl's Butt, B-U-T-T, Caverns. They go to a baseball game where they're up on the deck seating there, and Goofy, like, leans over to get a baseball, and one of the decorations that's, um somehow allowing Goofy to, it catches him before he falls, and then he lands in the dugout area, and one of the players signs the ball, and he gives it back to Max, like, sweet. I love how this time they're changing another tire, and, but they're working together, uh, getting the lug nuts tightened. Cool. All right, now we're going to Neptune Inn to stop for the night, and this is where they have the waterbed with the fish in it, which is amazing looking. They look like they are dragging their feet. They are tired. Oh, that bed looks so cool. It's got, you know, Neptune Inn, so it's got a mermaid vibe to it with the fish in the waterbed. Oh, it's so cool. Of course, guess who followed them? It's Pete, pounding on the door, pretending to be the police. So, of course, now Pete sees that Max are all, and Goofy are all buddy-buddy. He yanks Goofy away, whispers in his ear, like, hey, don't let him fool you with that buddy-buddy act now under your thumb. Like, oh, come on, Pete, they're having a good time finally. Why do you gotta spoil it? So, of course, Pete's like, hey, since we're all being palsy-walsy here, why don't you let me uh, hook up my RV? Like, really? Okay. And he tells Goofy it's just a little extension cord. It's a giant hose. Oh my gosh. Pete is such the interloper. He's like, hey, Goof, why don't you order us a pizza? This might take a while to get this whole thing set up. As PJ comes in with all these coils of hose. It's like, uh, those things probably weigh a lot. And, of course, Pete just has no sympathy for his son. and just points like, over there. Put him over there. Thank you. No, thank you, son. No, I love you, son. No, nothing. Maybe it's good that Peg took Pistol and got out of that situation. It's sad that she didn't take PJ with her, but... I bet Pete sold his car dealership from Goof Troop and bought that RV. 
so yeah, uh, now we got Goofy giving the boys pizza. They're hanging out, chilling. We got that hose that's on the floor that's already spurting water out of it. Goofy's like, hey, I'm gonna go check out the hot tub. So of course now PJ's kind of hammering Max like, man, I can't believe you thought your dad would fall for something like that. It's such a this stupid plan of yours to go to the Powerline concert in L.A. And Max is like, hey, it wasn't a stupid idea. And PJ's like, eh, it was pretty stupid. <laughs> of course, guess who uh, is kind of eavesdropping as he comes to the door? Pete's just outside that door. And that's when PJ's like, changing the map? Really, Max? So now Go um, Pete's got some information that he's going to, uh, he's got some dirt on Max. He's going to let uh, Goofy know that this whole buddy-buddy thing between you and Max, it's a joke. He's playing you. And of course Max is like, hey, I didn't know what I was doing, all right? I was panicked. I just, it's got Roxanne on the brain. Couldn't think. We got Goofy and Swim Trumps, and he is just like, oh, this hot tub is amazing, as he just lets himself just sink to the bottom. Okay, there is one thing I never wanted to see in my life, Pete, and he's wearing a Speedo. <laughs> oh, I like this here. We get, a, as Pete says, taking a break from the MTV generation, huh? <laughs> Back when MTV might have been good, back in 1995. I don't know. Were they doing reality TV shows yet? I don't think they were. Not 95. So Pete is wearing a... It's kind of a purplish pink. Because at first I thought it was a blue Speedo, but now it looks more like a purplish pink color. Speedo. And he slides... No, he does not really slide. He doesn't even do a cannonball into that hot tub. Pete is like, kerplunk. But still... Oh, yeah, Pete's reasoning is, oh, people are always putting too much water in these things. Like, half the water goes out, out of that hot tub when he slides into it. Holy moo. So, Pete's like, yeah, see, uh, you and your son seem to be getting along. Things are hunky-dory, eh? And Goofy's like, yeah, things are going all right. I mean, the tactics have, that you suggested I tried, and it seemed like the harder I tried, the worse it got. And Goofy's like, you know, once I eased up, things just kind of clicked. So Pete's like, oh, really? Well, that's well. So there's uh, there's no problems? And, of course, Goofy is just relaxed. And like, oh, not a one. Things are great. And Pete's like, well, this would be the perfect time to ruin what you and your son have built. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. Your son changed the map. You're not going to Lake Destiny. You are going straight to L.A. Yeah, he's like, your kid's duping you. I heard the little mutant telling PJ that he changed the map. This is cruel. He's like, well, you're heading straight to L.A. I mean, oh, you tried, Goof. He's just a bad kid. That's all. And Goofy's like, I don't believe you. Like, you know that I think, honestly... Pete is jealous of what Goofy and Max have. I really, really think that that's the case. I like how Goofy stands his ground and says, I don't believe you, Pete. Usually he's so quick to go along with whatever Pete has to say. And Pete's like, hey, don't take my word for it. Go check the map. You'll find out. And Goofy 
he's had enough. He's getting out. Like, this is no longer relaxing for me. And he's like, I don't need to check the map. I trust my son. And as Goofy gets out, he's like, you know, maybe Max isn't all the things that you think a son should be. But he loves me. And of course, here's what Pete says. He's like, hey, my son respects me. And I'm like, does he, Pete? Does he? Or are you raising him to fear you? Fear is not respect. When you think your father's going to beat the crap out of you no matter what you do, and even though you're obeying every rule that he has set out for you and you're getting nothing back from him, that's not respect. So, yeah, Goofy goes off just to sit in the car and just kind of sit and think, you know, ponder about all this. And he gets angry. He's so frustrated. It's like, no, my son wouldn't do that. Like, we're getting along great and everything's going so well. He slams the dashboard. Of course, glove box pops open. Map comes out. And I'm sure that Goofy just glances at it, sees that, yes, Pete is actually correct. We don't see that realization we don't see him actually see the map. All we do is we cut back to the hotel room. And Max is like, hey, Dad. And you see Goofy's face as one of defeat and shock and despair. He is just like, I tried with my son. And Pete was right. I think the realization that Pete was actually right. That Max is, he feels like probably he has been duped by Max. Like, this whole thing of me making you the navigator and you taking me to the house of yarn and this and that, it wasn't to build on anything. It was because you were feeling guilty about changing the map or you're trying to make yourself feel less guilty. Like, oh, because I'm doing this, I'll make it up to him by taking him to places that, you know, he wants to go. It's like, no, 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 no. And Goofy doesn't even say anything when Max is like, hey, Dad, I, oh, I'm sorry about the mess. We'll, we'll, we'll clean it up. Matt, Goofy does not say anything. He is in a state of shock. So now there's sheets on the bed, so we don't see the fish anymore. So Goofy is just laying in bed, and he is just like absolutely distraught and heartbroken. As we hear... PJ say, hey, look, I gotta go. Don't forget, power line. And we hear Max go, shh. And the whole time, we're not seeing this exchange. We're hearing it. But we see Goofy's sad, distraught face. Like, my son, he lied to me. I, I, I can't believe it. Everything we've built in the last, like, day or two has been based on nothing but lies. So talk about an awkward car ride. The, uh... And Max, you see, he is just trying to, like, like, hey, how's it going? You all right, Dad? I mean, does Max know that his dad knows? I don't think he does. And poor Goofy is just looking at Max's half-hearted partial, like, <laughs> hi. As I don't know what to even believe at this point. Like, he saw the map was changed. We're going to get to the point where there's a fork in the road. You got an exit to L.A. You got an exit to where Lake Destiny is going to be. So it's like a big test for Max. And Max knows it. As we see the sign that says junction up ahead, you got an arrow to the left, an arrow to the right. 
we see the map between them. Now, this is basically going to be, this is a choice for Max. He can say, go to the left, go to the power, you know, power to LA, or he has a chance to fix this and make things right by saying, no, let's go to like destiny. It's like Roxanne or my dad, Roxanne or my dad having a girlfriend or not having a girlfriend. What do I choose? He's a 14 year old boy. So, you know, his, his reasons behind this, they're, they're, they're selfish. So of course he's going to choose love over love of a girl over love for his father. We got West and we got North. All right, here we go. We're coming up to the junction. Just follow what it says on the map. As in, Goofy knows the map has been changed. And we get a close-up shot of Los Angeles. Like, all right, maps. Now this is it. Left or right. And they're getting close to it. Like, come on, Max. Left or right? Left or right? Of course, Max screams out left as Goofy hits that guardrail. Like, oh, boy. Oh, we have not seen Goofy with this expression. He is full on P.O.'d. I would not even ask him anything right now, uh, Max. Oh, boy. This is... Uh, if you thought it was awkward before with that <laughs> exchange, uh, you doing all right over there, Dad? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You made that wrong choice, Max. No game of 20 questions is going to make up for that. No playing the radio is going to make up for that. And Max just, after making that choice, Max just, uh, just leans back in his seat. Like, that was the hardest thing he ever had to do. So Max is like, uh, hey, Dad, how about a, a song? Or, uh, a, a game? A game, yeah. Yeah, a game. Okay. And Goofy is just, his brows are furrowed. He is just like, I, his eyes are practically slits. He is so fumingly angry. I'm surprised that wheel isn't going to come out or come off in his hands. And Max is like, all right, man or woman? And Goofy's just like, mm-mm, And Max is like, all right, how about Walt Disney? And Goofy is just like, that's it! I'm pulling over the car. He doesn't save that, but that is his actions. Like, we are having this out right now. Because he's basically supposed to, like, I can't even be in this car with you right now. I'm so furious. So Goofy kind of goes over to the side of the road here that actually has an observation deck with um, one of those things that you look over. Or you look through to, like, look over, like, a gorge or a canyon or something. And he's like, I gotta put as much space between my son and I as possible or things are gonna get ugly real fast. Because he could not get out of that car fast enough. Like, eh, eh, I'm trying to get out. Oh, dang it, the seatbelt. And he just slams the door. Like, okay. I just noticed how big Goofy's feet are huge. And we cut to Max, who's just sitting in, this, in the car still. It's just like, he knows he screwed up. And there's really, what can you say or do that's going to make this any better? Unless he thinks, oh, maybe if I reason with my dad and tell him why, which he's not going to do that. Max's not going to reveal that until the opportunity arises, which is going to happen pretty quickly. So Max is like, let's look, Dad, about my directions. And Goofy just, like, 
turns in the opposite direction. Like, I don't even want to look at you. And Max is like, Dad, will you listen to me? i got to tell you something. And Goofy's like, why bother? I'm probably too stupid to figure it out. So Max is like, ugh, forget it. As he goes over to the car, kicks the tire. I thought the tire was going to explode. Of course, Max goes to the back of the vehicle and just kind of leans against it. I'm guessing that Goofy didn't put on the parking brake. I didn't know they were on a ledge. Or they're on, like, a, a hill or an incline or something. And the car just starts going and picking up speed. It's like, D -d 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 the car, the car! And Goofy's not even looking. He's just, like, got his his hands against this, um... Hanging out, overlooking that canyon there. He's like, what? Now you want to drive, too? And Max is like, no, Dad, the car! It's going down the hill! You didn't set the parking brake! So as they're chasing after the car as it's going down the hill, there's no other traffic, by the way, and immediate things just start falling off the top of the car where it's supposed to be all, like, tied down and everything, but no, like, clothes start falling out. In the meantime, they can't put aside what's going on to deal with this, so they're going to have it out as they're chasing their car. Like, yeah. So Goofy's like, what'd you do now, Max? And Max is like, I didn't do anything. I only touched it. I just leaned against it. And it started rolling back. Or rolling forward. Yeah, the top of the car hit a bolt. The stuff on the car hit like a boulder. And all of a sudden, all of their clothes, all of their stuff. I think there's a skateboard there. Because I remember Max used to like to skateboard in um, the Goof Troop movie. Yeah. Apparently, Goofy's like, ah, oh, you locked it. And Max is like, what? That's your door, Dad. You locked it. And Goofy's like, well, you distracted me. Like, oh, come on. Luckily, Max is able to get into his side of the vehicle, and he pulls Goofy in through the window. And Max is like, why didn't you put the brake on? And Goofy's like, why don't you put it on yourself? And Goofy's so angry, he pulls the parking brake right out of the floor. And yeah, Max is like, you ruined everything. And Goofy's like, well, you ruined the vacation. Max is like, I ruined it? I never wanted to go on this stupid vacation. And the car plunges into the river. That river looks toxic with green water. So they're in the water now as the car is just floating along and they're still arguing. Max is like, look where you got us now, Dad. And Goofy's like, where I got us. And Max is like, you should have let me just stay home. And Goofy's like, why? So you'd end up in prison? So now we're going to get the whole, your principal called me. And Max is like, hey, look, it's not what you think. And Goofy's like, you lied to me. And Max is like, I had to. You were ruining my life. And Goofy's like, I was only trying to take my boy fishing, okay? And Max is like, I'm not your little boy anymore, Dad. I have my own life. And Goofy, it's sad how Goofy just breaks at them. He's like, I know. I just wanted to be a part of it. And they both just stop and stare at each other. It's like, yeah. This is so sweet. As Goofy says, you're my son, Max. No matter how big you get, you get, you'll always be my son. Now they're both on the roof of the car as the car is just floating down the river. And Goofy just kind of hugs his knees to himself. And it's just, that took a lot. That was a lot of truth there that Goofy just revealed. 
You know, that was his fear. He just wants to be a part of his son's life. And Max is 14. I get it. He's a teenager. You're at a point where maybe you feel your parents are embarrassing and you want to, you're developing your own interest. You don't really feel like you want to have your parent really, you know, in your, in your life or you want them at a distance and stuff. Like, you can be in my life, but I don't want you, like, in, in my life, like, my personal life. So, we get another song. So, well, before the song, it's like we kind of get, both of them have their backs against each other, and the, one of them's got to bridge this gap. One of them has got to be the one to break the silence. And as awkward as it is, it's like, yeah, you got to start talking. After that whole emotional drop of, I want to be part of your life, even though you have your own life, I want to be part of it. And you're still my son. No matter how old you get. I'm tearing up. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. So Max starts the song. He's like, there are times you drive me, shall we say, bananas. And your mind is missing, no offense, a screw, as Goofy's like, none taken. Still, whatever mess I land in, who is always understanding, nobody else but you. Oh, this is such a sweet song. And Goofy, his line is, oh, your moodiness is now and then bewildering. Who deserves a hero's trophy as we face each catastrophe? Nobody else but you. It's just our lot. We're stuck together. It's crazy and nobody else but you. It's crazy enough to believe we'll come through. Max says, so your jokes are all, let's face it, prehistoric. And Gooby's like, and your music sounds like monkeys in a zoo. But when life becomes distressing, who will I be SOSing? If you're having trouble guessing, here's a clue. Though he seems intoxicated, he's just highly animated. <laughs> and he's nobody else, nobody else but you. I love, this is such a sweet song. Even though they had to like say what they were feeling in song, it's, it's sweet how they're finally coming together. We've turned into a true blue duo. Hard times we've had a few. Like we're thrown in the drink. Like we're tossed out of town. But when I start to sink, hey, I'd rather go down with nobody else but you. Alright, looks like Max is finally going to explain what the big deal is about going to L.A. So yeah, Max admits there's a girl. I mean, he explains the whole, you know, power line concert thing, how he was in a jam and he came up with something so that way Roxanne wouldn't go with someone else to this party that Max is not going to be able to attend now. And he's like, I don't think she'll ever talk to me again, much less go out with me. And Goofy's just amazed, like, his son is getting, you know, older growing up, he's becoming interested in girls, he's in love. And Max is like, my Maxie in love. You're really growing up. It happened so fast, I, I guess I kind of missed it. So basically, Matt Goofy is like, all right, it looks like this thing you do here is just to get you figure out how to get you on stage with this power line fella. No, Dad, really. I... So, of course, Max is like, well, how are we going to do that? And Goofy's like, I, I, you just leave it to your old dad here. I will figure this out. We're getting you on stage. Oh, 
boy! They are headed towards a waterfall. Ugh. So, Goofy is holding on to a boulder that's in the river. Max is on top of the car still, and that is just current. It's just carrying him that much closer to that waterfall. Luckily, a fishing pole just happens to float by Goofy. He takes it so he can at least try to get Max hooked you know, caught on that hook to be able to keep him from going over. So Max starts to go over, but luckily, uh, I think it's their tent and some rope that actually turns into, like, um, a parachute in a way. But now we got Goofy going over the, over the waterfalls. And luckily, Max is able to grab hold of the end of the fishing rod Goofy's got the bottom of it, but of course it's like the handle that starts to come off and Goofy just, he plummets. Luckily, Max is able to do the lucky cast, remembering the words, and he's able to get his dad hooked on that fishing line and reel him up. Woo! Woo! And they hug! Oh! This is truly an adventure that Max will tell his kid one day, his kids. I want a Goofy Movie 3. I want a Goofy Movie 3. I want Goofy as a grandfather. Max as a father of a teenager. So Max is like, huh, this has been one crazy vacation. And Goofy's like, it's not over yet. All right, now we're going to the Powerline concert. Woo! The nuns! The nuns are going to this concert! <laughs> So we see the, um, remember in the, on the open road song, we had the heavyset lady and her short husband. I guess he's a roadie and she is actually a singer. Because we see her later. Max and Goofy, Goofy hides in a guitar box and it looks like Max holds in what might be where a drum would have went. Maybe? So, Goofy grabs Max's hand, like, alright, let's get you on stage. And Max is like, uh, maybe this isn't such a good idea after all. But, of course, two girls that look like fly girls from In Living Color walk past Max. And Max is like, whoa, uh, you know what? I think I'm liking this idea better and better. Alright, Powerline is on concert. He is doing his thing. He's having a, oh, the lights, the light show, the electricity. It's so awesome. So we cut to Stacy's party. Everyone's watching the Powerline concert on the big screen. And Bobby, what in the heck? Bobby's like, that goof kid ain't there. Like, I thought Max was your friend. Now are you referring to him as that goof kid? Really? Come on. So Stacy, of course, is given Bobby the stink eye. Like, really? Because, of course, Roxanne heard that. And she's like, mm. She, you know, Stacy puts a comforting hand on Stacy or Roxanne's shoulder, says, Don't worry, he'll be there. Max is being chased by a security guard, a big beefy security guard, as Max jumps up onto some stage lights that are rising into the rafters. <laughs> Goofy's looking for Max, and he winds up on stage in this big, like, one of those electric, like, bubble things. And he gets electrocuted! So, yeah, Goofy just falls on stage. Powerline looks at him like, what? What is this? What's going on? Like, you're not supposed to be up here. And of course, Max from up 
and the the stage lights up above. It's like, hey, Dad, Dad, do the look, do the perfect cast. The crowd is loving it. I guess part of the perfect cast is to do the moonwalk as well. <laughs> Which, yeah, Power Link's like, oh, I can mimic that. I can do that. Cool. Nice moves. All right, Max is now on stage. He got chased off of that uh, light fixture by that security guard who got up there. And, yeah, he's on stage. Like, all right. And Max is a little nervous. Like, oh, crap. No. Because Power Link, oh, like, okay, who are you? <laughs> but, yeah, Max gets into it. It's like, all right, follow my lead. All right, I will. And we cut back to Stacy's party, and Bobby's like, hey, that's Max. Max is on the tube. That's Max. I know him. Like, oh, now you know him. Yeah. All right, now we cut to Pete's RV, and we got the big screen. We got the Power Line concert. Poor PJ is scrubbing the floor. <laughs> oh, my poor boy. Scrubbing the floor, and he sees Max and Goofy. He's like, hey, they made it. And Matt, uh, Pete, of course, is drinking a soda and just spits it out all over the screen. Bobby's going cray-cray with that spray cheese again, spraying it in his mouth. He's spraying it on Roxanne and Stacy. He knocks into somebody that knocks his can of spray cheese on the floor. He goes to pick it up. Stacy goes to help him, and they lock eyes and smile. So is that saying they'll be a thing? Because I've seen an extremely goofy movie, some of it. I don't think I've watched it all the way through. Well, I watched most of it, and it's just I wasn't impressed. But you, I don't think you hear of Roxanne. You don't hear of... Um, Bobby and whether he and Stacy got together. Well, the thing is, Max is a freshman in a, a Goofy movie. He is a freshman in college in an extremely Goofy movie. So four years have passed. So odds are maybe he and Roxanne just found out, like, eh, time to move on. Sometimes high school romances don't always last. How they got that home, notice there is no luggage they don't even have doors on their car anymore. They're gone. They pull up in front of Roxanne's place, and Goofy's like, you are doing the right son, right thing, son. You need to be honest with her. And Max is like, well, she'll probably never talk to me again. And Goofy's like, hey, if she doesn't, then maybe she's not the right girl for you. Just, you know, just talk to her and see what happens. Uh, so we get, he rings the doorbell, we get a shot of the father who, like, just got out of the shower. Like, are you kidding me right now with this? He's got a shower cap on, he's got a towel wrapped around himself. Like, really? Really with this? Ugh. So Roxanne comes out, like, oh my gosh, Max, I saw you on TV, you were great! And he's like, yeah, 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 I mean, <laughs> but he's like, no, no, I mean, No. So he comes out with, like, look, Roxanne, I lied to you. I, I don't even know Powerline. She's like, yeah, but I'll, me and, like, a bunch of people just saw you on stage with him. And Max is like, yeah, I know, but I never actually met him, like, before the concert or anything. And Roxanne is kind of hugging the banister, like, she's like, you mean that story about Powerline and your dad? And she's like, why would you make up something like that? So he's like, mm. well, he picks a flower, and he's just kind of looking at it. He's like, he's not even looking at her. He's just, just like, I don't know. I just, I guess I just wanted you to like me. And she surprises him by saying, Max, I already liked you. And he looks at her like, what? 
to like she starts to get closer to him and she's like he <laughs> she tells him the very first time I heard you laugh that yuck it's like I just couldn't like ooh, I was floored I was yes all in it she asked him like hey um so do you want to do something tonight he's like oh definitely and she's he's like wait no no I I, I can't my dad, he were, and he's like, well, how, how about tomorrow? And she's like, deal. And she puts her hand out, and he kisses her. He he goes for it. Like, Max, wow. And she is, like, like a little taken aback. Like, and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and, of course, Max is a little surprised at his that little burst of confidence. Like, <laughs> yuck. And he covers his mouth in shock, like, oh, shoot, it shouldn't have come out. How can you not like that? It is so cute. His inner Goofy is just coming out. Like, <laughs> it's so cute. I mean, seriously, if you're Roxanne, how can you resist him? He is a cutie. Sure, he's got some uh, anger issues he needs to work out, and he needs to grow up a little bit, but, I mean, he's cute. So, Roxanne looks out at Goofy, and Goofy is putting the fender back on, or, yeah, the fender back on the, um, car, and he kind of like, <laughs> boom, car explodes, and he could, you, you think he explodes with the car, because all that's left is his shoes. We get the classic Goofy scream as he ends up crashing into the roof of the little, uh, patio area and he just waves nervously <laughs> hi so max is like oh, my dad <laughs> so he introduces roxanne to his dad and gooby is all french about he's like ah, entree enchanté mademoiselle and he kisses her hand oh and that is it. That is the movie. We pull back from the house. Credits come up. We hear power line. Boom! Oh, this was such a good movie. I loved it so much. I just had a fun time covering this. I know this uh, so it's going to be over two hours long. I was going to cut it into two parts, but I'm actually just going to keep it at one. So... Yeah, <laughs> this was just so fun, and I figured after doing a saddish type movie, like I want to do, I want to do a fun one. So, all right, there it is. We are heading into August next week. Yeah, all right, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday, hump day, halfway through the week. Yep. All right, everybody. Be goofy and just don't be afraid to show your inner self. Just you, you be, you do you and you just let people like, hey, if they're going to deal with it, they're going to like you or they don't. That's their, that's their prerogative. That's their business. You just worry about you and you be your crazy, goofy, zany self. Bye bye, everybody.